Welcome back, everyone, to episode five of Hotline League. If you're joining us for the first time, this is a call-in show uh, that we do on a semi-weekly basis. I'd like to introduce you to some of my co-hosts for this event, this particular episode. First off, we've got Mark Zimmerman, who's the mainstay for the show. How's it going, Mark? I'm doing great. When did we become like some PBS late night chill, like, you know, we can't, you sound like you're going to go to sleep in a second. Listen, Mark, it's viewers like you that make this show possible, and that's why I'd like to suggest that you sub to the Twitch chat. No, actually, no, you I got gifted. Yeah, you yeah. got gifted. But our um, guest for this episode is Kelby May, who's returning to us after an episode break. Uh, you can tell how, how great it is and how easy we can get access to guests when Kelby's returning after one episode off. How's it going, Kelby? You found the pinnacle of guests. What else yeah. would you want? Yeah, and, and Nick yeah. Allen, and he couldn't make it this week. So Kelby's back again. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, thanks. Glad you could be on the show. And, uh, <laughs> okay, I'm not going to keep doing that. Mark, uh, do you want to explain the premise for the show and what the Absolutely. whole deal is? Absolutely. So if you guys have not ever... Uh, joined us for this before here's how this works you guys are going to want to go to this discord that i'm spamming in the chat right now you want to join that and when you get there you're going to see that there is uh some voice channels there's general and general too uh you're going to want to join those and then in the general text channel you're going to type out your questions your takes your opinions and and we want strong takes you know you think hundred thieves is going to suck you hate nade shot you love the move of bringing afro in uh, whatever you want to talk about, you thought the R Sport video was dumb because esports aren't real sports. You bring any opinion on the oh, show, God. we talk about it. Yeah, so, I'd love to talk to that person. Yeah. Also, All Star. Did we? Did you mention All Star? Oh yeah, there's All Stars going on. So there's scouting grounds just last week. So there's a lot of stuff you guys can call in and talk about, and we will field all of it. Yeah. So uh, as everyone is getting ready and coming up with ideas, I think we're going to spend the first. We usually spend the first 10 or 15 minutes, sometimes a little bit longer, but I think this week it'll be short, just chatting about some of the things that have been happening recently as a way to get everybody's kind of thoughts going. Maybe you you hear an opinion on the show that you think is dumb, uh, whatever. And and again, I'd like to just get to Kelby really quickly for those that missed the show that he was on. Kelby, you want to talk a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I used to run CLG for a couple years. That's where most people know me from. And then after that, I went to Evil Geniuses and ran sponsorship accounts and talent for a while. We got acquired by Twitch, did that while EG was at Twitch for a while, and then EG divested, or, or sorry, Twitch divested EG and Alliance, and now I do sponsorship sales for some Twitch partner teams. So Evil Geniuses, Alliance, TSM, Cloud9, and Team Liquid. There you go. So he works at Twitch, and he has all sorts of insider knowledge on EG, Alliance, Team Liquid, and TSM. And if you guys want to know anything specific about any of that, he can, he's, your, he's your guy. He'll tell you. So uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's been happening. So maybe we should start off with – what should we start off with? Uh, you want to start off with any of the any additional roster announcements or anything that got confirmed? I did several interviews with teams. Any you guys find any of that stuff interesting? Um. I'd love to hear Mark's opinion on uh, the team owners that Travis did interviews with and who, or, you know, just like the various people from these orgs and who impressed him, especially from the new people coming in, uh, from what little you've heard so far. So I haven't watched every one of his interviews, but uh, Nate Shot is very charismatic, and I, I like having him in the scene because he is so charismatic, but 
a lot of what he says is like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> and I'll have people who do. Um, yeah. And I think Prowl is good for that. So, you know, 100 Thieves is making me kind of a a fan just because in terms of the people Travis has entered, he's, or interviewed, he's one of the least kind of like stuffy PR guy and mm-hmm. uh, most kind of, once again, quote-unquote, authentic to esports. Uh, I like seeing Daryl Morey just because, or however you say his name. The, yeah, Daryl Morey, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was just like, what the hell? He was at Scouting Grounds. I had no idea um, that he actually is like there and caring. So that was really cool to me. Um, I did. This wasn't Travis's interview, but the Kirk, uh, shit, the Golden State Warriors guy. Uh-oh. Kirk, uh oh, uh, you're breaking up, Mark. Can't hear what you're saying. <laughs> Anyways, I saw an interview with him, and I was not impressed with that one. Yeah. Uh, well, it was an interview not with me, so I think that's that's part of the problem. That's why you were yeah, impressed, yeah. right? Yeah. Most likely. Um, there's a couple others, but. Uh, most of the new teams, like Optic, mm-hmm. they're okay. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not super impressed by anybody because I just have such high standards. Yeah, gotcha. really. I I was impressed by some of them. By the way, thanks Bohe for the Bowie 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 for the for the uh, host of 113 viewers. If you're watching, this is not a French Canadian stream, but hopefully you'll understand the English. Anyway, the point is, I I actually think so. It's kind of echo Mark's statements. Uh, my lineup now, because I've interviewed all four of the new teams, right? Uh, Clutch, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. So, uh, I think a lot of people don't, aren't as hype about Golden Guardians because they haven't announced their roster yet, but, uh, Kelby and I are both very good personal friends with Hunter, so I'm, I'm really interested to see what he does with that. Recommend people check out that interview. Uh, Nade Shot is fascinating to me. Because, okay, I gave 100 Thieves a lot of shit, I think, the last time Kelby was on the show. I believe mm-hmm. more in them now, but I don't know why, which makes me think that it's just Nade Shot's charisma See, that is making me That's exactly me believe what I was them. saying. Like, I watched that interview, and then the, the 100 Thieves Afro announcement, I'm just like, God, I love this team. And then I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> what, what did you think about the announcement being him and Prolly just, like, essentially... Doing a vlog yeah, the Afro move thing today. You're saying, and yeah, yeah, and Afro, he's not in, he's not in it at all. They don't have an image of him in the thumbnail on the tweet or it, in the video that appears. It's just talk. It's not like I don't know. What's I mean, their content that? strategy right now is very clearly Nate Shot is a YouTuber. Right. He's our content house. Get Nate Shot <laughs> in front with some jump cuts, and there you go. Yeah. What's up, everybody? We're really excited to talk about Afro move coming hundred thieves. Um. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I I hope that they come up with something a little bit more because I, it's gonna be hard. Whatever. It's like, what's up, everybody? It's Nate Shot here. Mm-hmm. Halfway through the season, we haven't been doing too well. We're announcing a roster swap. You know, like it's, it's just. Gonna be... So to be fair, yeah. I agree about like you probably want something a little bit more professional looking, but I do like that it's different at least. Like, yeah. I I like went comatose watching like the fifth team liquid like thank you and like tsm thank you and clg thank you and thank you i'm so thankful for the thankful (laughs) players that thank me and like fucking christ yeah yeah, yeah. dedication videos yeah yeah yeah. so you know i noticed on the the cloud nine youtube earlier today they actually have a dedication playlist (laughs) really yeah (laughs) i was like that and i had that exact same thought i was like wow we've gotten to this point right yeah where we have we have dedications i I, by the way i guess i should say i i also hung out with probably before i talked or i interviewed nate shot um actually it was the day before he and i got lunch and so that's part of the reason i think i'm a little bit more 
I believe in a little bit more in Hunter Thieves because it sounds like they've they're doing some really cool stuff behind the scenes that I don't even know if we got to all of that in the interviews I did. But so we talked about Golden Guardians, Hunter Thieves. Uh, Optic is really interesting to me because it sounds like it's really Romaine who's going to be what that team. You know, it lives or dies based on his involvement. Um, I'm sure they have other people involved, but he's really another charismatic, enthusiastic guy, uh, just with an accent. Um, but I, I think he did a lot of really good stuff with Unicorns of Love. It'll be interesting to see what he can accomplish with a lot more funding. Can I say that of all the pieces I've seen so far from these new people, that Romain personally impressed me the most? Yeah. Um, I really, really like, I hadn't really gotten to hear him speak a whole bunch and like from the unicorns of love thing as an NALCS primarily fan, I only know him as like, you know, the cut dude who was running around doing crazy antics with his shirt off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I really appreciated in his interview with you, Travis, how he explained a lot of his thinking and approach to not just like team stuff, but the greater org and how they're running it as a whole. Yeah. Um, and a lot of his thing and like not only that, but how he got to those reasonings and like those reasons that they would play out in uh, in certain areas, which I always really, really appreciate. And I think a lot of his logic followed really well. I think that maybe he had one or two assumptions that I would combat. But I think that on the whole, I really, really appreciate how he's thinking about the space. He, he's and definitely the most transparent really interview, I would say. Yeah. Which was yeah. cool. So, um, and then who am I forgetting? Oh, Clutch. Yes. So interviewed Sebastian. I've known Sebastian for a while, but I think people can disagree with his assessments. But I think you know he seems to have. He's very very methodical, and the way they're going about Clutch seems to be very very methodical. They definitely have, from what what it sounds like, like the most support staff, at least on like the analytical figuring out. You know what the strengths of all these players are and that kind of thing. So it'll be interesting to see if all this kind of extra thought process and watching VODs and all this kind of stuff can translate into them, like, outmaneuvering or doing yeah. special things in the game that, like, nobody else... Mark, you seem very skeptical. It's... Uh, I read their, like, first post where they were like, you know, we, we took these steps and we did some cool stuff to try and calculate time between this stuff, and I read the whole thing... And it, it sounded like by the end of it, there was like, and we still have nothing really. You mean their analytical applicable. thing about like how long yeah. it takes to get places on the map or whatever? Yeah, they're like, yeah. And then we did some A star pathing, and I was like, yo, anyone who took like computer science one knows what A star pathing is. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a, I don't know what, like, and then they said like, we did a bunch of other complex shit, and they didn't get into that part at all, which is like the part that would probably interest people. And I, I don't know. It was just like, you're gonna have to convince me that like your analytics are really something cool because I've I've been a lot of a part of a lot of analytical projects that try and come up with advanced metrics for League of Legends and it's tough. Mm -hmm. It's really tough. Yeah. Not uh, saying it's impossible, but I wanna see it. And then I I don't I don't think very many people have watched the Daryl Morey interview. I would I would watch that. This guy for context guys, he's like one of the major figures in the NBA in terms of the management side. He has been very successful with a very kind of methodical process that he has taken with the Rockets over time. He is one of the reasons why the Sloan Sports Analytics Conference exists, which I know a lot of people don't know who that is, but it's literally this big conference where uh, all the data nerds get together and talk about all like the crazy math side of sports uh, that MIT helps host in Boston. I was there earlier this year. 
just check it out. Uh, it's kind of cool to see him at scouting grounds. Like he was literally in the audience with his phone out, and whenever he like clutch had two draft picks, and he would like hold up his phone and record like the draft thing because he, in his mind, this is such a historic time. And I think he he kind of compared it in the interview to going back to like the first drafts that took place in the NBA and all that stuff. And so he he's That's really cool. hyped on this stuff. Yeah, it's it's neat. It's the first time I've seen. Like besides maybe Rick Fox, but Rick Fox kind of coming from a different angle, someone so invested and passionate mm-hmm. from the sports side. So it's kind of neat. And having watched the interview, I will say he's not Nate Shot. Like he's not the charismatic guy. It can be a little bit dry in interview, but like you need to understand who the guy is in terms of who he is outside League of Legends and why it's so cool that he's kind of just like hanging around, yeah. not like I'm here for the press conference. Mm-hmm. Duh. Yeah. He like, does start I, the interview by calling out the other senior execs. He's like, you don't see anybody from Warriors here. You don't see it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But enough yeah. promoting my interviews. Uh, I've got two quick things for you guys before we go into calls. Um, and then people can Travis, are you on. drinking by the way? Uh, yes. I have this wonderful Nestle pure life, uh, thing. They probably stole this water from, uh, a local reservation or something. I don't know, but uh, I'm drinking it. The okay. Next up, we got All Stars. I think I'm excited to go to All Stars. I think it'll be fun and interesting. I think Riot has no fucking clue what they're doing with All Stars. How can you say <laughs> that this is a serious event when there's no prize pool and none of these guys are probably prepping for it? And like the meta is just a shit show, etc. I I do not know. I do not think Riot knows how what to do with All Stars. I am excited that it's kind of a return to the first year, but the first even the first year had a lot of fun with it, with like the magma chamber th- stuff and all that kind of thing. So I'm just happy that it's not two weeks in another country like it was before, where I was just like, why am I even here? Like this is a shit show. Four quick days should be fun. We'll see. I don't know. I think it's the kind of thing where it's a really hard tournament to make like successful for the viewers. We're like. If you make it too serious, but it's at this timing, people will just be like, why does this have such weight when it's, you know, clearly a stupid tournament? And then if you make it, like, too troll, people are like, why would I ever watch this? So I I have thought a decent amount about how to make All-Stars great, and I I haven't come up with a great solution. Yeah, I think having a price pool that is significant would help everyone try a little harder for this. That's my take. Like, we, you know, Peter isn't at All-Stars, and while he and I have not spoken about it, it's pretty obvious that Peter can make significant money by mm-hmm. streaming, and he has gone to All Stars in the past and always just lost money by doing that. You know, like it, it's not, it doesn't feel good when you are investing time into this thing and it's not necessarily going to pay out for you. I don't know. I think that's yeah. part of the problem is there's just nothing on the line, and it's kind of embarrassing. I think that there's nothing on the line. Yep. Yeah. So. Also, shout out to Cop in the Twitch chat, hanging out, just spamming Franker Z's. I don't know what's going on. Joker Steve as well. Said he was the best at, at some point earlier. Yeah. Finally, let's talk about Scouting Grounds. Uh, I thought Scouting Grounds was cool. I enjoyed the fact that they um, they did. It felt more like a show this year than kind of this behind the scenes thing. Like they had the whole draft at the end of it. I thought that was kind of neat, and it was interesting to sort of see. Cloud9 get uh, draft picks that they, they had, I don't know, gained from other teams. I don't know if it was purchased or not. They, they bought them, yeah. Yeah, they bought them. Uh, and I thought that was interesting to sort of see how that stuff is starting to happen. Uh, so you already have some teams that are seeing the value there, at least enough to pay. Who knows how much they were paying, if it was $20 or $20,000. 
Uh, there was a bit of a scandal. Uh, uh oh. Yeah. I don't know. Did you not see this, Mark? I think I know what you're talking about, but go yeah, for it. So give there was give a tweet. The, the viewers the context. There was a tweet where, okay, so for context, before Scouting Grounds happened, there were players that were supposed to go to Scouting Grounds that started to get picked up by teams. What are you doing with your hands, Mark? I, I don't know. It's just emphasizing. Like, that's like there were players that needed to get picked up by teams. And what started to happen is Scouting Grounds started to crumble because the players that were supposed to go to start go to scouting grounds started to get signed to teams or whatever. This is I I was not following most of this, so please take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt. I'll, I'll correct, correct me you if I'm wrong. Yeah. And so Riot implemented a rule where if you you're like if you're going to scouting grounds, you're you can't get there's there's like poaching pr- protection essentially. Teams cannot approach any of these guys about signing them or whatever. Uh, what I heard. Was that, and I, there was another tweet about this from somebody, I, I forget, and then the tweet An got arrow. deleted. Yeah. Was that there were players who had sort of handshake agreements, so nothing contractual or whatever, that they would get signed by a team. Uh, at, because basically, when you get drafted, you have, I think, 21 days, 22 days to. 21 come. day exclusivity yeah. window. So, you know, let's say. Kelby is drafting Mark at the end of scouting grounds. Mark can't go sign with anybody else for 21 days. And Kelby has 21 days to make a deal that Mark will feel happy about signing or whatever. The problem was that supposedly there were deals in place where if you, uh, if you are a, if you know, certain players or whatever, we're going to go to certain teams and just wait out the 21 days and then sign with them. So I don't know the full extent of that. Uh, no proof has been made available to me. But to, to, in my opinion, the fact that this kind of stuff is a little rumored demonstrates just kind of a flaw in the scouting ground system, and and one that was already started to get you know noticed when you had players that were supposed to go to scouting grounds and started to get signed ahead of time. Yeah. So um, obviously, so I was on the broadcast side, and like we're not going to talk about any of that because you know we're just trying to make the event fun and everything. Um, and I think there was definitely clearly some of that that was in play. Um, and it was just, I think, an oversight on the scouting grounds like structure that they didn't say when you apply to scouting grounds, you you forfeit your right to negotiate with teams until the event is over. Yeah. Um, I think that's all they needed to say, and they just didn't have that in place because they didn't think all the talent would get signed up like that. And then once it started happening, they kind of tried to do it retroactively, but by that point, half those guys had already had conversations. So it's like, oh, yeah, we can't talk anymore, TSM Academy, but, you know, once this is done... And I think I think that's that's a lot of what happened. Whereas like people were in the middle of conversations when when they were told they couldn't anymore. Yeah. Can I offer up a, a potential hypothetical or suggestion? Sure. Um, but it but it may turn into a larger conversation, so I don't want it to snowball too much. But um, I've always thought that the potential for a draft in League of Legends, like you have in other traditional sports, especially in the U.S., would be really really potentially interesting. Before you got, when you started telling the scandal story, um, I was thinking about how this might be an issue, and then you mentioned that it was the issue, so it's not surprising to me. What would be potentially really interesting, and I'm literally coming up with this off the top of my head, so there may be holes, and I'd like to, you know, talk more about it, is uh, what if we had a system in place where, and it's kind of tricky for your one, but after you, after that, hopefully it's better, um, teams 
within NALCS are not allowed to pick up North American talent as free agents throughout the year. They are only allowed to pick from their academy team or transfer with other teams, you know, their academy teams or their starting rosters. And then each year, all of the upcoming talent comes or is entered in through scouting grounds, maybe not through that event because the event probably has to be changed, but some sort of draft. Uh, and then it places real, real emphasis on value for acquiring North American talent through this draft. And then, uh, you know, like the, the event just becomes really important. And then you draft your players, they're entered into your, you know, farm teams. Teams actually like have a lot of weight or importance and emphasis on where they're at in the draft and how they're developing their farm teams because that talent is now your pool that you're able to actually draw from throughout the year and more really what you're limited to unless you want to make a, a transfer with another team. Um, and it, it really provides a clear path for the aspirational player now that doesn't, you know, that I feel like kind of potentially got hampered. And we talked about this in the past, Travis, as a group, you know, with Nick and Hunter and stuff about what happens to the aspirational path for a North American challenger player once challenger league goes away and you have franchising. I think that that could potentially add this path. And not only that, I worry that the top four teams, TL, TSM, Cloud9, CLG, even with these other franchise teams coming in, they have such a big advantage in acquiring talent. A draft system in which your placement through the regular season gives you a higher position in the draft is a way for you know teams that are struggling, especially since they're franchise teams now, to have a, a way to get top upcoming talent and give them real value to either retain that or get significant compensation for trading it away. So sorry, so, really quickly, the idea is you can't, you can trade with other teams, but you can't import correct. or? You can, no, no, so it only applies to North American talent. Okay. Not so, European talent or Korean talent or whatever. So there's two things. One, I think they would, you know, obviously want to tie in a draft position with uh, end of season position, but it yes, was just really yes. awkward this time with, um, you know, four new orgs coming right, in. Right, right, right. You know, they were just like, you know what, it's it's going to be too arbitrary if we try and come up with something else. So mm -hmm. let's just say all random for the first one, also because it's kind of like it's the first time it's happening. Yeah. Um, uh, the thing I don't like about your idea is not being able to sign North American talent throughout the year. Because yeah. I think that actually hampers like the scene's growth. Uh, a player like Mike Young would have been sitting on the mm -hmm. sidelines the entire year. Mm -hmm. And then you don't know how good he actually is. You haven't seen him in the LCS yet. He hasn't worked with any coaching staff for a serious amount of time. So you, you, he has less opportunities presented to him. Also and in it, your it, system. It, 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 sorry, Mark. I was going to say, yeah, it just, it just hurts the, the player and it hurts the teams because Phoenix one needs a new jungler. They're clearly failing, but they're hamstrung because they can't take new, new players from North America. And then yeah. that player doesn't get a chance to, to grow earlier. So I think, that part I don't like, but I am fine with the idea of a lockout period, you know, where no one can make roster transactions, which already exists, but you just kind of lump even signing players that aren't under contract yet. You just can't sign anyone for so many, you know, weeks until Skyland Grounds is finished. Also in Kelby's system, doesn't that mean that a team like the rumored Golden Guardians roster is incentivized mm -hmm. to pick foreign talent rather than domestic talent? We only have so many import slots right well they have so the rumor is that they're using none of theirs right so mid-season mm -hmm. if they want to get a player they are only able to pick from europe right or their academy well team. 
their academy team or you make a transfer with another team for this first year like i said it's it's really rough yeah. um it's probably something that you start after a year the the only thing mark i i get what you're saying on your point the only thing i worry about is like if you don't make that lockout period long enough then teams just like acquire all the good talent throughout the year and you have nothing good left for scouting grounds you know what i mean yeah it would be really cool to have like a player who's super hyped like mike young be like man people have been waiting to get a shot at this kid for like six months or something like that where does he go in the draft but yeah i think that because you're right with traditional sports they have like you know college football or college basketball where the guys still have some sort of development competition yeah where they have development and we don't have that yet um but i would like to see like real talent come up through this draft system potentially it'd be interesting to me what happened this draft that i thought was really cool and it's because of you don't know what was happening with the conversations before you don't know how much of this was actually influenced by the scouting grounds or not but mm-hmm. in the future i would love to say it was 100 percent scouting grounds was uh there was this like 16 year old kid top laner called league shiro um mm-hmm. He was Cloud9's first pick in the Scouting Grounds draft. He's a top laner. Uh, uh, Cloud9's starting top laner is Licorice, another young North American talent. Yeah. So they go to the Scouting Grounds. Their first pick is spent on this guy. They spend the whole week working with him. They clearly decide that they like him, and then they move up in the draft to take him with the first overall pick. That's cool. And that is like such a like perfect story for what Scouting Grounds is trying to achieve here. We're like... It gives teams who are at scouting grounds a chance to work with players and decide, like, yes, this is a guy I want to pull the trigger on. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously with, you know, C9 might have been talking to this kid for months, and that makes it kind of feel a little worse. Who knows? But in the future, if, like, those are the kind of storylines you get, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I agree for sure. All right. Well, we've we've talked about, what, uh, rosters, Too the much. new team owners, and we've talked about – is K- did Kelby message me? Oh, I see. No. That was from before. Um, we've talked about uh, new team owners, we've talked about all-stars, and we've talked about scouting grounds. Now it's time to hear from you guys what you think. Yep, so I have some people in the waiting room. I'll go down and grab one of them. Uh, in the meantime, I'll be paying attention to the general uh, you know, uh, text chat, looking for some hot takes. Yeah. I'll dra- drag people down to the waiting room, and then we'll start. All right, I got one guy ready. They say Mike is still muted, but I don't think it's muted. I think they're just trolling. Uh, you want to pull him in? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> I thought you, I didn't know yeah. what you were with. All right, and we are joined right now by D. Hornybrook. D. Hornybrook, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm, I'm calling from Irvine. Okay. Oh, Irvine, so very nice. close. Local. Very close. And uh, From... Oh, sorry. I got the stream in the background, so I've got some loop. There we go. Now I'm clear. Okay. And what do you got for us? So I have a great question. This is kind of spurred on by Kelsey's uh, tweet (laughs) earlier today at the Philadelphia Fusion. So the Overwatch League has given us the two $20 million memes that are Boston Uprising and the Philadelphia (laughs) Fusion. So my question to you guys is are there any of the new teams right now that you're worried that are going to end up more meme than team at this point? I mean... Well, so, you, so can you provide so the context I mean, for the... Because yeah, wait, a lot of people wait, don't wait, wasn't, wasn't Kelby give it? 
Kelby, can you provide the uh, Overwatch League context from today? Oh, God, yes. So, uh, Travis, can you pull up the Philadelphia Fusion Twitter on stream? Okay. Let's just roast Philadelphia let Fusion me see, Let me see if I can. Stream. Which, you, by the way, you also have to pull up their This Is How We Do It In Philly video. That's been <laughs> taken down, down, apparently. <laughs> oh, removed it. Yeah. that was a masterpiece. Does yeah. no one have really that archived? Good. Oh, I'm yeah. sure it's somewhere. So this is this is especially great because um, I work with Comcast, uh, who owns the the Philadelphia Fusion on the Evil Geniuses sponsorship. But the team I work with is on a different team than like the group that does this thing. Oh man, it's I just we have great conversations about it. It's so much fun. Okay, but anyway, so are you? It's, I'm so pulling the, up. It's coming up in a second. Yeah. So do you see their tweet? If you scroll down a little bit, that's them. Uh, yeah, scroll scroll down. It's it's them encouraging people to tweet their best meme at them. Uh, you gotta scroll down a little bit further. Sorry. Oh, I thought we were I think talking it about got the, deleted, the right? No, I don't. No, keep going, keep going. Oh, thank yeah, you that can one, right there. Okay. So, thank you can out meme our new meme specialist. Follow us, retweet this, and reply with your favorite meme, and you might win a pair of tickets. Are you up to the challenge? First off, this isn't a meme. It's a fucking gif, all right? So, like, I just hate how much how the term meme gets especially overused. And it, it also just reads, like, so horribly, like, that that really great actual meme, which is uh, the gif of the, the guy, and he's like, hey, kids, what's up? You know, you fellow kids. And it's just, like, it's yeah. so millennial, like, marketing speak. It just, it pains me so bad to see it. So... Yeah, I have zero confidence in this org and what they're doing so far. And they've, they've well, I think, this uh, not their first misstep either. Yeah, I think this isn't no, the, the big not thing even close. Fr from even today. Because um, this was a team that put out a horrible video that was clearly done by some marketing agency who doesn't understand esports. Yeah. Uh, then they, one of their players got in trouble for something, I'm pretty sure. Then there was that meme thing, I guess. And then today, when the preseason is supposed to be starting soon, and I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. Overwatch League requires everyone to participate <laughs> in the preseason, they can't field their roster due to logistical issues. Yeah. yeah $20 million buy-in. Yeah. Can't get ready for preseason. Which, yeah. by the way, the tickets they were giving away in the tweet are now to an event they will not be attending. <laughs> oh, my God. So... <laughs> oh... But uh, to answer your question, no, I have complete confidence in every team that's been franchised in the NALCS. I think they're all great, and there's there's no way that any of them will do Kel a bad job. Kelby, your voice is 100% dead. Yeah. I I mean, I am not – I look, I do not worry that anyone is going to fuck up as bad as this, these Philadelphia Fusion people because I do think that Riot – first off, the, there's four new teams there compared to – all the teams that, like, every team is brand new to Overwatch League, so even your chances of it being far less. And then also just from interviewing the new teams, I feel like these guys, like, one of them is run by our friend Hunter, who used to work at Riot. Another one has probably attached to it, and he's going to stop Nadeshot from doing anything crazy, hopefully. And even then, Nadeshot's been around on the internet. Like, he's not going to, I think, mess up. And then, uh, what else? Optic has got Romain, who was already in the EULCS previously, and it's Optic, also an endemic esports org. And then, who am I forgetting? Cl Clutch. Clutch has got Sebastian, has been around forever. So, these guys have all hired, they're all being run by people that have, have been in esports for quite some time. And while they might make the occasional snafu, like, I think uh, it's going to be more like, oh, this is an awkward video, not like, hmm. 
How do you do, fellow kids? Uh, I think welcome to the NALCS. Yeah, I think on the one hand, at least like LCS has been around, so you can ask people like, "How do you do it?" If you, even if you don't know what you're doing, you can at least be right. like, "Hey, people who have done this before." Whereas like Overwatch League is 100 percent new, but those guys don't even right. like have something to work with. Right. Yeah. And the thing that interested me when I, we had our call with Steve Aaron said he said that like one of the teams or some of these teams like couldn't even set up internet for for. NALCS teams couldn't set up internet in their gaming house because it was something like they weren't familiar with. So I think there's some potential for some of these newer teams to be like a little bit uh, shaky. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how much he was joking when he yeah, said that. Yeah, I continue to question that statement because none of the teams had gaming houses at the time. I think Steve was just blasting them. But yeah. I yes, I, I don't know. I don't think any of them are going to be that shaky. Yeah, I, I don't think any of them are going to miss showing up for work. Yeah. yeah. FlyQuest does have to prove it to me, though. They're my... They're my favorite yeah, team. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. God, like they have to prove it They're kind of cringy video. Uh, we we know. The fans know what they want. So we're going to bring it to them. Just <laughs> shots of Wild Turtle over and over and over and over again. Are um, you? I mean, it's all about the smile, man. Yeah. That, that's the smile that's going to sell jerseys. Yeah. All right. How about this? We each pick one team that we think is going to flop it like just FlyQuest. Fuck it. no nobody's gonna flop it i think FlyQuest is well gonna i just mean like risk. relative to nalc like we're never gonna be as bad as the FlyQuest. Like, team. Yeah. i would say FlyQuest too i'll say uh maybe golden guardians wow. really i mean like i mean i know i'm biased because i'm friends with hunter but I, that's yeah no I, I don't think it's gonna be like necessarily complete management yeah, side they've but, got like, rachel who just... worked with us at yahoo i'm just saying i could go out there and see the team lay an egg and like fans turn on them and People oh. are just like, why don't you have any fucking imports? Like, why don't you have the this? new Team Liquid kind of deal where people are just kind of mocking them? I know, but I mean, like, they, at least Team Liquid, you could always see that they were trying. Maybe too hard, and you're like, hey, hey, do less. Like, work yeah. with your team. But, like, <laughs> I could see a thing where Golden Guardians come out, they flop. Kirk gets back out there again. He's like, no, guys, we're building team and NA talent. And then the fans are just like, what are you even talking about? Your roster sucks and you have no imports. Yeah. So... I, I think them. there's something to be said for doing an all NA team, though. I well, really okay. would like the story. Separate no, I like the story if it works. Yeah, we should have somebody call in about that because otherwise we'll talk about yeah. that for another 15 minutes. Thank you so much, right. D. Hornybrook, uh, for calling in. Appreciate it. Uh, say hi to Blizzard for us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've got a meeting with them on Thursday. Well, tell, <laughs> nice. tell them I love Nate Anzer in Overwatch League. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, don't show them this VOD. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next up. Yeah, I'm sure uh, they're keenly aware. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be internal conversations. You know Monty's attitude in general about these things, right? I'm sure that he's, like, throwing papers across the room, like, get this fucking guy on the phone. What is going on mm-hmm. here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Ducking Llama for subscribing and uh, the Hippie Steve for the sub. Appreciate it. As we get uh, Mark to pull the next person in. There he is. Okay, Court C M. Is that how that's pronounced? Uh, Court Seam is fine. It's probably Court easier Seam. to pronounce. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're capitalizing the M at the end of your name. It's very confusing. Where are you calling from? Uh, Ontario, Canada. Ontario, Canada. There's an Ontario near me, but that's not. It also has a C A at the end of it. Either way, first Canadian of the night. What do you got for us? Yeah. So uh, I wrote in the chat about uh, my thoughts on the hundred T roster. Um, I think their roster uh, plus. Their coaching staff uh, should be looking to contend for top three in the first split in the NALCS. Okay. Well, this is great because I think, Kelby, it was you the other night that I said that I think some of these other teams could get in top three. And you're like, no one's going to break top three except for the top four that everybody's talking about, right? Yeah. 
So, so well, you should argue with this guy. Well, so why don't we we hear why you think they're going to hit top three? Yeah. So, so it looks like now uh, most of the rosters are pretty much uh, finalized, or you know, rumored to be finalized. Uh, you know, ironically, Hundred T is one of those rosters that isn't. So, if we look at the the current composition of what everyone is touting to be, like you know, the current top three, top four, you've got TSM, which uh, is changing out three players and their coach. You've got, uh, I think the other ones, you've got TL, which is sort of like the the super team, I guess. Mm -hmm. And we all know how good super teams have done in the past in NA and EU. You know, great stories there. Uh, and you've got, and I guess most people are putting in third, you know, either C9 or CLG, right? So C9 and CLG already, you see they have some huge uh, gaps that they're looking to sort of like fix over the next year. You know, in CLG, you've got the jungle position. In C9, you've got, I don't know what they're doing with their top lane, uh, something or other. On the other hand, 100 Thieves, you got to look at what they're bringing in. Just just from what they've confirmed so far, you've got to look at what they're bringing in, okay? So Someday always kills it, okay? You know that's going to be a strong, consistent force in the top lane. Uh, you've got Ryu and Meteos, which most people are sort of saying are like the wild cards. Uh, in my opinion, it's you got to look at sort of their consistency over their playing careers. And, you know, there's not many mid laners that you can say has been more consistent than than Ryu, at least uh, from his most of his time in EU. And I think the, the real capper and the reason why I think they should definitely be contending for top three is their coaching staff, which is headed by Prolly. And from everything I've ever heard from Prolly or about Prolly, uh, there's been nothing but good things to say. Aside I like from how you said everything I've ever heard from Prolly or about Prolly, there's been nothing but good things to say. You're like talking to Prolly, and he just says he's the best coach ever. <laughs> no, no, no. I have uh, I've had, never had any contact with uh, Prolly. Okay. It's just I'm a, I'm an avid summoning insight fan, so I've yeah. listened to Prolly talk a lot. Okay. All right. So, Kelby, you want to, because you're, you're the 100T hater, right? Do you want to go first, or should I go first? No, it's fine. Do we know who their ADC is supposed to be yet, or no? No, let's, the, let's go the with Prawley the Prawley interview of... today said that they don't, he doesn't know yet, that they're actually still talking to people, etc. And I believe him based on conversations I had with them outside of that, too. Is there anybody good available? Cody's son uh, is the obvious uh, okay. place, you know, situation. Yeah, so why well, don't we just say Cody's son for discussion? Sure. So... I, I will agree with you on Someday. I think that Someday is, like, you know, probably top three, maybe in the league as a top laner. I actually really believe in the potential of Meteos returning to form. I think that that guy could be a really good jungler. I do not believe in Ryu, especially compared to all the other talent that exists in NA now. There are so many good mid laners in NA through Bjergsen, Jensen, Pobe, Power of Evil, uh, who am I forget? Like, Hooney, uh, like, there's just, uh, Hoohy, sorry, Hoohy. Um, there's just, like, there's so many, and Froggen? Oh my god, dude, there's, Froggen's I, I, not even in supposedly. Really? Yeah, he didn't get picked up. Jesus. Alright, Froggen's not even Froggen. good enough to get picked yeah. up. Uh, I just, I just feel like there's so many Feb people. is another person. That will outclass, and on bot lane, uh, I don't know, dude. So Afro's Afro's going to be paired with somebody new. Uh, it's just it's really hard to put them in the top three for me. Yes, who do you? Sorry, who do you say Court Seam is not in the top three? So the assumed yeah. top four is TL, 
TSM, CLG, and Cloud9. So which two teams of those will not be in the top three? Okay, so there's there's a couple of things you want to look at uh, when, when you're talking about this, right? So we've got to remember that, um, you know, and 100 Thieves, you know, is also one of these rosters, but a lot of these rosters are going to be brand new, you know, and we've seen in the past that uh, in situations when there's a lot of new rosters mixing together, you're going to have unpredictable results. Okay, mm -hmm. so in terms of the the three rosters, I mean, so you're you're asking which of those three do I four. think is which of these four? TLTSM, CLG, Cloud Nine. Yeah, yeah. Who, who are they? Two who is of them these finishing over. Two of who, them are, are not the going to be in the top three if you are saying that hundred thieves will be. Right. So, and I'm assuming you mean playoff results, right? Not regular season. Uh, yeah. Who do you think is going to go further? You know, yeah. Who, yeah. Who, who are they better than? Okay. So I think that um, out of those four, the I mean the clear weaker ones we would say is cloud nine and clg just because of the the gaps that they're filling and you know just on paper it doesn't look like they're filling those gaps very well uh but <laughs> to be honest in my opinion uh i think tl is the big uh the big question mark here just uh, I, I don't Ooh. like super teams man and uh well one like that though the one downside of what you're you were suggesting is you were saying that the most of these teams have not played together. You need to remember that TL, three of these five, have played together. Yeah. So so here's what I'll chime in. Uh, I look at this roster, and I, I look at who, like, what are they better at? Because uh, the, they're bot lane, right? Afro and Cody Sun. That's just worse than the Immortals bot lane, because I think Ole's better than Afro. He was a borderline MVP candidate, right? And you're pairing him up with Cody. So I don't think they're better than the Immortals bot lane. I don't think... Ryu and Meteos will perform great together. I think they were acceptable, and maybe Ryu gets back to like his more European level of performance, but even then, compared to Bjergsen, Jensen, and probably Pobelter, and even Huhi to an extent, I don't think he's better than any of those. No, and then, uh Huhi. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Those I know, I Making know. Making fun of myself. Yeah, I gotcha! Anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, just, I just don't see where they have these clear advantages over the other top teams that you're, you're supposedly talking about. I think, you know, obviously top lane compared to Licorice, I'm like, yeah, I'm expecting him to get bodied hard. Um, but at the same time, if Ryu doesn't pick his performance up because he was basically quitting in the middle of this, the season last year, he's going to get destroyed by Jensen. And I don't think their bot lane's better either. So, yeah. and, and Meteos is a big question mark because the last time we saw him, he was playing like World of Warcraft just as much as he was playing League. And the reason he was so chill was because he didn't give a shit. And so how is this team going to function together? I, I believe in Prawley. I think he's a good coach. But no. they have a lot of question marks. Yeah. Like Either if you way. look at the other three like teams that they have to move past, like I look at mid, like, like Mark was talking about, if you're comparing like apples to apples on them, uh, like if you do mid bot lane comparisons for 100T, versus C9, versus TSM, versus uh, TL. Like, I take all those other teams, mid and bot lane combos, over 100T every time. Okay, so so here's the here's I guess where you know fundamentally I'm disagreeing. You know I'm not like going to try to argue uh, like man for man that the that the players on 100T are you know better than their counterparts on Cloud9 or TSM uh, or, or actually not Cloud9, sorry TSM or TL. Okay, because those are like the clear like easy to see sure, sure. Uh, favorites. Mm -hmm. Okay, what what I'm 
uh, what I'm thinking about, and you know, Mark is saying, uh, so where's the advantage uh, going to come from? You know, and in my opinion, that advantage is going to come from the coaching staff. It's going to come from probably, you know, sort of having that game plan. You know, probably doesn't have an assistant coach yet. He has to out until I mean, they, we don't even know who else. So you have to really believe that probably can one man, or you know, at least we'll be able to hire other people that can help him out. Uh, so, I mean, because when you say the coaching staff, you're putting all your eggs in the probably basket at the moment. Okay, sure. You know what? I, I can you know freely admit that I'm I don't uh, know enough about that kind of situation to to say much about that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that you know from what I've seen of probably in the past, what he's does you know for better or for worse to the H2K rosters that he's uh, had you know full control of over all of these years. Uh, it's it's. You know whether or not you want to say it's been a good thing or a bad thing. He's always put them on a consistent game plan. He's always had a very clear idea of how he wants his players to play the game, and you know more often than not, the, his idea of how to play the game does seem to be an edge over his opponents. That's fair. So that's fair. I'll, I'll throw two things. Uh, well, we should one, we should probably wrap soon on this. Topic. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be wrapping it. Uh, one, I can uh, you know cops in chat saying that you know he's free. So probably yeah, if you see this, I was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to hit cop up. Uh, he's looking yeah. for, for. He says probably won't follow him back. So if you're watching, probably you should oh, follow cop back so he can DM you. Yeah. Uh, second, there is a world where all these things work out, where like Medios and Ryu step their their game up and their bot lane does fine, and they d develop a, a very like CLG s kind of like play the map play style. Because I do think they have a lot of players who are smart and good at that, like Afro Ryu. And uh, Medio, so so I, I can see a world where they do overperform. I would just, if you asked me to make that bet, I would bet against it. Yeah. Thanks so much, Court Scene, for calling in. Uh, and the great news is, is that you'll have this as a, a record of, of proof if we yeah. if we all doubted you. And <laughs> yeah, you link this vod in every Reddit thread. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thanks a lot for having me. Have guys. a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. The only coaching staff I would not believe in is any coaching staff that is sending their team to Korea for 10 days before Christmas. That's the, My that's God, the coaching dude. stuff I would not believe in. Wait, is that public? No, I don't know who's... I'm just saying in generalities, Kelby. Okay. I'm just Jesus. saying generalities. What do you mean is that public? Is somebody actually doing that, Kelby? Oh, my God, All dude. Right. Wow. So we got Oswald uh, back. Mark, you got to pull something into the chat? <laughs> yep. Uh, Justin is calling us. Justin, where are you calling from? I'm calling from L.A. <laughs> Oh, hey, right right oh, here yeah. in our home, in the Travis Gafford Esports Studio hometown. Uh, Koreatown, to be more specific. Okay, right. yes. See you in a minute. Yeah, the Travis Gafford Esports Studio is not that far away from there. Uh, all right. So, Justin, what do you got for us? Uh, to be honest, I didn't really expect my hot take to be chosen, but uh, basically what I said was I actually find All-Star to be super exciting for a viewer, from my perspective, and that... This one should be the most the most watched in terms of like viewer wise is what I'm thinking. What is different about this one that makes it so much more compelling to you? Uh, at least for me, uh, last year was in I think Rio, Brazil, and the production was super good. And people thought that when All Star was moving back to LA, that uh, they found it as a downgrade. But for me, I feel like uh, it makes it much more. Maybe I, I, I worried it wrong because maybe it's not more like compelling, but at least for me, going to a smaller studio helps the audience become um, more, how do I say it, more 
intimate? interesting and watching. Yeah, 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 intimate. Because yeah, uh, I've been to but... NA, uh, I've been to NA LCS studio before, and the audience is really close to the players. And for many, it's their first time being able to see these international players. Yeah. So you think that because All Stars has moved to a venue where the fans are closer in proximity to the players as they're playing their matches, it will get better viewership? Maybe not better, because uh, maybe I did worry wrong at the beginning. I do believe that people who are saying All Stars should be uh, should be gone completely are out of their minds. Uh, I know Travis Gafford is not really excited for All Stars. Travis is out of his mind. You heard it here. You're out of your mind. Listen here, Justin. Travis, I don't know. You said a lot of stuff here. You said a lot of stuff here, Justin. (laughs) You're a fellow Angelino. I appreciate that. Uh, You live in Koreatown. Hopefully, not the sketchy part. But I'm no, going to say this. Absolutely like, the sketchy part. Okay. Well, <laughs> well I, I got nothing for you. Bishu got mugged there one time, so be careful. Um, uh, Justin, do you are you going to All-Stars, do you think? I want to buy tickets. Unfortunately, it's sold out three days after. Man, Justin, wouldn't it have been great if it hadn't taken place at the NALCS studio? And it would have been at like a theater or some bigger venue in the LA area, and you could so have you actually could bought a ticket and watched it in person. Wouldn't My that have God. been fantastic? <laughs> what a beautiful scenario! But that's not the scenario, and I just you know I still enjoy that All Stars is taking place at all. Yeah, so, I mean I'm not okay. Listen, I do not think they should get rid of All Star. Mm-hmm. I actually All Star 2013 and maybe 2014 were some of my favorite League of Legends events ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that they have sort of. They they created MSI, which created get pit all star in a really strange place, and now they don't know how to recover from it. Um, and I do think it is very disappointing that you say this is such a serious event, and then you're holding it in the fucking NALCS studio, like where you hold <laughs> regular matches all the time. And the the fact that they described it as like we figured out Rift Rivals can hold this stuff. Well, yes, you can hold anything in a studio. All right, you could create you know, League League of Legends World Finals could be in a studio. You can put like a tiny little AR dragon flying around in the rafters of the, the studio. <laughs> it's, it's cute. That doesn't mean that just because you can do it means that it's a good idea. If you want this to be a serious international event, put some fucking money behind it, both in the prize pool and in the venue, and actually it'll be right quite, quite cool. Now I think it'll still be fun, but it's mm-hmm. disappointing for Riot, the biggest esport on the the heels of their franchise thing to be holding this international event that they claim is serious and not have any money behind it. Yeah, I was surprised about um, the venue change. I actually wasn't expecting it to come back to the NALCS, but I think you said it yourself, like as an international event, it should be getting the um, the venue it kind of would deserve because um, in league, we don't have that much international events. Uh, Rift Rivals just got added this year and all we had was MSI, and worlds excluding all the you know excluding all stars so that's kind of why i believe that i'm still excited for all stars despite um the venue change uh like you said being a downgrade uh, logistically just because it is one of the few all uh international events i get to watch besides msi Rift trials ad this year and the yeah. um, worlds and so yeah and I, I actually don't hate the idea of having a more intimate feeling to it um, I think that can sometimes actually come across well online. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I just think that you can have that intimate feeling. Like, so t- in 2014 in the Busan stage for World Final or World Championships, they put it in a theater, and it actually was really really cool the way they did it. And it had you know it's a pretty big theater, but because it's got this theater setup, actually Ti used to be in a theater and it was the same thing. 
I think it feels a lot more intimate when you do it that way because the state, everything is much closer, right? Like uh, you've got kind of the upper tiers that are coming in really close and it is smaller, but uh, I don't know. I don't, I just don't agree. Like the last time All-Stars was at the NALCS studio, you had players sitting outside in the rain. Oh, Uh, yeah. Before the ones. Yeah, I don't think that's very intimate. Can I shout out to the greatest example of this that you'll love to hear, Travis? Hmm. Uh-oh. Oh, man. OGN, back in the day, in the studio with Doe and Monty, let me tell you, I loved <laughs> the setup that they had for OGN in Korea. And this is a thing that I complain about all the time to our group, is that one of the things that I super appreciated about OGN is that they mic'd the room really, really well. So that when people were cheering on OGN broadcasts, like they use the size of the room and the noise that's created by the number of people to make it seem really loud. And I feel like it's so bad for NALCS where all the time I'm watching streams and like you hear people cheering and like you can very clearly hear this one dude like talking and like yelling out. Free Tyler one. Yeah. yeah. And then like five people laugh next to him and like you can hear it like it's just. It gives the impression that there's 15 people watching in the audience. Like they do not do a good job, like capturing the level of excitement in the room. And I don't know if it's the the way that they're, you know, capturing the audio or whatever in there. But man, I just feel like OGN did it so much better, dude. Uh, I forget. The Remember Kelly when... motto, by the way, is OGN did it so much better. And all, in dude, all the, it was the it was definitely the golden era of League of Legends. Do you, all right? do you remember? I think it was the ESL studio where they had that girl, uh, Zo- Zoe or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what yeah. you're talking about. I actually liked those. Like, I felt yeah. like that was a pretty intimate feeling as well. For um, sure. And I, That's I where say... uh, Carmack did that interview with Doublelift that did super well when he, like, all, out of nowhere did that, like, crazy deep dive on his personal life and, like, you know, leaving home and stuff like that. You yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a mediocre Doublelift interview. Yeah, sure. Sh- yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I think All-Stars is a little better this year where, like, you have teams made up of multiple players and they're fighting. But I, I agree with Travis that, like, making it count for something a little bit more, mm-hmm. not necessarily in terms of competitive integrity in the coming season, which is, I think, really dumb. Mm-hmm. But not having sizable prize pool and stuff is kind of weird. Yeah. Can I ask a question to the group? Yeah, really quickly. This is before we move on. Sure. Do you guys think that you can have a successful event if the players do not care? Nope. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yeah, because do. I think players didn't care about Rift Rivals, and then, and that was that was semi-successful. I do. Yeah, I would think... say Rift Rivals was successful. Yeah. I think. I think do you think that players did not care about Rift Rivals? I felt like they did. Right? I don't know. I, I mean, think, talking to them ahead of time, they, they did not care. care about Rift Rivals. Mm. Maybe once I think they when got they were there, there they changed. wanted to win. Yeah, maybe once they got there, that changed. But like, I just do not think that they they cared and uh, as much, you know. Um, and I don't know. I think you can have an, a successful event. I just think you can have it be way more successful if they really care. For sure. Yep. So. And I would agree with you. Uh, either way, thanks so much, Justin, for calling in. You oh, should no problem. replace the battery in your uh, smoke detector because it's, it's definitely beeping yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do that oh, for a while either, but it's, yeah. it's not too, too hard yeah. to do. Yeah. Oh, my bad. No, no. It's okay. We're here to help you. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. All right. uh, Kelby, real quick. What are you drinking? I'm having rum and coke. I'm having... Uh, ginger ale and whiskey. Sorry, it took me. It took me a sec. You don't like? Oh, it's Seagram's and Seven. You never done it before? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good. I, I like gin and ginger ale. That's a mm. combo. I don't have a lot of gin. I have a lot of whiskey and rum right now. Yeah. 
Scooty Anyways, look at the next thanks guy. for the sub. Mr. Henke, thanks for the sub. Attack of the Keys, thanks for the sub. We're going to go to our next caller in just a second, but first, an ad 30 break. second ad break. <laughs> we are back from the break with our next caller, the bravest one. How's it going, the bravest one? He is literally the bravest person on all of Discord and Twitch right now. Okay. Uh, bravest, where are you calling from? Hi, Travis. Long time watcher, first time caller. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm calling from Des Moines, Iowa. Beautiful, beautiful Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah. I nice, think I drove nice through from you. when I came out to the West Coast. Sorry, I didn't catch that. What? Nothing. It was stupid. Go on. <laughs> yeah. What, what, do you gotta t- what do you want to talk to us about? So my, my thinking here is, does anyone else think that Thousand uh, Thieves is turning into the Cowboys of the League of Legends and Nate is going to be the Jerry Jones. He's going to take all the press conferences. He's going to talk about, you know, how great all his player, players are, even when they're sucking up. And he's going to make all the excuses in the war- world if they have a bad series. Well, so first off, there are 100 thieves, not 1,000. There's there's 900 less than you were saying. There's no reason. Uh, yeah. But secondly, uh, yeah, so your question is, is Nate's sort of fame and being the frontman for this going to be – uh, like, is that is that like a bad thing, or are you just suggesting is that just the way it's going to be? The Cowboys are America's team. I think that a hundred thieves would love to be America's team. Well, I think I'll, that might have changed since the nineties. <laughs> Despite their claims, it hasn't. So, Bra- bravest, are you suggesting it's bad if Nate Shot becomes sort of the face of the team and, and kind of out outshines his players? Yeah, it sounds oh, like you exactly. don't like Jerry Jones. I, well, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're, we're watching it for the players and to find the next, uh, you know, superstars within the NA region that can possibly make it into Worlds and go far farther. I don't want to see Nate be the face of NA when his players are doing all the work. Hmm. Okay, so here here's something I can kind of agree with. is I don't like, and this is maybe a little personal because I was a staff member once, back in the day i don't like when staff members make the team a little bit more about them than it feels like the players um and yeah, maybe Kelby did like that a... at clg he was like i don't feel like he was Kelby logic game what? right here yeah all right that all right Bar- uh, travis uh, is just making a joke but mark the fact that you even dignified him with a response that said i don't think kelby was j- that bad makes you uh, think that you even thought that that was a potential Anyway. No, I buzzed and I was like trying to move on from it. Yeah, all right? yeah, I got you, I got you. Yeah, yeah. So like the two examples, or the one example I can think of really heavily is Romain, actually, the guy who just came over and joined Optic. Um, I never liked how Unicorns of Love felt like they were more about him than the players, and that was like on full display uh, with the um, ads that happened at their finals in summer, I believe it was, mm-hmm. when yeah. he was like running around on the stage, like being the hype guy, and he was in the ads, and it felt like he was as big of a personality as what should be players and things like that. And I'm fine with uh, managers and coaches being important people. Like I'm fine if people gave more hype to Zix and like, if and I they wanted gave... to see unicorns of love just get crushed every single week. <laughs> yeah. So like, so... I'm fine if, if like, you know, someone is a focus, like if probably is a small focus, but I have a problem when it feels like they're being pushed more so than others. Well, and, how did you and... feel about, Noah. Yes, because, I was going to ask that question. Yeah, no, no, that's, a, that's a great example as well. Because, yeah. because like, the, there was not too much content around their players, but every every week, and I always tease Noah about this, Noah would come out and be like, 
Hello, my fellow Immortals fans. Yeah. We're, today we're talking about this, you know? I love Noah's Notes, dude. I just wait for Noah's Notes with bated breath. So, yeah, no, I think that's a great example of, like, an owner being a little bit too too much more forward-facing than the players, whereas, like... Now, is that because his players were not facing out enough, or was that because Noah... I think... Because I think it's... I think I I actually like what Noah did. No, I I think think what Noah did was nice, but... But players like um, players, players are naturally not looking to be in videos all the time, and you kind of need to push them in that way. And I think TSM and TL are great examples of that, where like their owners are in videos, and you do see them doing interviews, and they are a part of the team. But I don't feel like their content is pushing them more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, whereas like they still have TSM Legends, and they do a bunch of shit with that. And TL has a ton of content they do with their their players. And I felt like for Immortals and Unicorns of Love, it was so much more about staff than players which i don't think what is what should be driving esports necessarily and i'm concerned you know the point that the bravest one is making that nate nate shot will be the same way uh where there's like hey it's another nate shot vlog how's it going team which i do appreciate that they're keeping it kind of humble and and youtube oriented i think that they should obviously have content beyond that that pushes the players a lot more yeah conversely sorry bravest go ahead uh so full disclosure this is my first season of watching legally legends esports and i came in when mike young just first hit the scene and i loved it you know i was i really got into the esports scenes because of that big play that he had around the baron uh right before riff riff rivals and i started watching you know phoenix one uh started watching his uh streams and you know he he was a humble he's somewhat of a humble guy with just watching his streams now i don't know how how humble it'll be after TSM, but I, I like that it was like uh, just watching the players come about, you know, see how, how their personalities are, see this arc of great plays. Whereas I don't really care about the owners. I really could care less. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of, my my thing in it, you know, we should probably move on to another caller in a second just because I'd love to get some more in. But I, I would just say I also like that with some of these interviews – and some of this content, the owners have been more out there, and it is already helping. I think a lot of fans care about the new teams in a way that they didn't because we didn't really see oftentimes the owners out there from the other teams, and so them kind of explaining the philosophy of how they're building their team and what their team stands for and all that stuff, I think, is providing more context and helping to paint a broader picture, in my opinion. And I would completely agree with you on that, Travis. It's Great. important to know the bat the what's happening on the backside, but when the backside becomes the front side of the and the face of the entire team, where you look at the team and go, "Oh, that's Nate's team," or "Oh, that's uh, Liquid's team," you, you know, I don't really care as much about the team. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Thanks, bravest one. I think uh, ending on you saying that you completely agree with me is the best way to do it. Have a have a good one. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, yeah thanks, man. Oh. I really like that. You don't want the back side to become the front side. Yeah. Um. Oh, uh, Mark. Mark. By the way, Damien's on the chat. I don't know if you want to try to. He wanted to come on at some point in time. If you want to pull him. I think. I mean, if you want to drag him right now about the content thing, he's probably. A good Does he guy want to talk, talk about, about a content thing? Is Damien? Are you in Discord? What's your yeah. name? You no, know, yeah. it's Damien Star. I put him in the waiting room. Uh, either way, we're up for our next guest, uh, and b- before we pull him in, I just want to say thank you to Indusfree 
and Austin for the Patreon pledges. I don't know why that's not going through Streamlabs, but either way, uh, who's next? You know him. Yeah, yeah, might Risen love him or Lazarus, you might hate him. Uh, calling oh, straight from Twitter. How's it going? Banned Lazarus, off, nice banned off Twitter. Yeah. yeah, that's my location. Everyone's from Irvine or LA. I'm from Twitter. Yeah. Have you nice, ever? Risen. Has anybody ever heard your voice or anything before? I uh, a couple people. I don't okay. know. I but like, is you have you ever been on a show or have you been? Is this like the first time people are publicly? Hearing I've been you? on a show with Richard Lewis. Yeah. Risen Famous Lazarus, for those that don't know, uh, Risen Lazarus, for those that don't know, is a uh, basically a Twitter troll. I think is his. Well, role he, he started on Reddit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he was really? a big Reddit CLG fanboy to the point where people wanted to start following his Twitter for I, some reason. I've known Risen Lazarus since way back in the day before he blew up. You know. Oh really? Yeah, I, I remember back when. Yeah, because I was running fucking Yeah, he was just a shit poster CLG fan on Reddit, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's really what he still is. Either way, uh, Risen Lazarus, where are you actually calling from? Are you able to disclose that? What the fuck? It's not a... Actually, I guess I should... I'm from D.C. Okay, basically. from D.C., okay. okay. Cool. Aren't you like a lawyer or something? More or less. Okay. Are you yeah. the one who's I think probably more or less. Right more... What is more or less? Did you pass the, the bar or not? Yeah, I passed It's the much like okay. Chris Padawi, right. more or less a lawyer. <laughs> uh, oh my holy God. shit! Travis is with the hot takes tonight, uh, man. Lazarus... Oh, wow. What do you want to talk about? Uh, another show is called Hotline League, but last week we got pretty deep into non-league stuff because Nick was on. Yeah. How far off of league are we allowed to go, or am I allowed to go? I mean, I would just say it, like, and if we need to get you back. All right. I, I'm just sort of wondering what Kelby especially thinks in Matt's in chat, so Matt can mention anything he wants you to, but about what's going on with CLG and dropping the CSGO team. And in the same report, DK kind of hinting that there's – evidence that he knows of that uh devin's on his way out too because i think everyone devin nash malexi right yeah uh, for those who don't know ceo of clg um, yeah. i think a lot of people thought that when msg came on board um you know fans are simpleton so they just see a big company they think money and they think okay that's going to solve x y and z problems mm -hmm. and it seems like it didn't especially for the csgo team i'm wondering what you think and if it sort of means anything because now clg as a team seems pretty pigeonholed into the lcs team and Right, they don't have a lot of games in tier one yeah. titles outside of. So I'm wondering what you think, since you know you were, we were in those ropes, and so was Matt. How, you want to you want to answer this, Kelby? If not, I can come up with some answers. But I, I no, 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 that's fine. I'm okay. not going to talk about the Devin situation. I don't think Travis is either, because obviously we know Nick, and yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I'll um, be the idiot who speaks up on that one. Yeah, yeah sure, for sure. But uh, so uh, I'll talk about it. I I think that. Lazarus, you bring up a really good point, right? Because, and it's probably something, you know, because I see you on Twitter all the time that you've seen at least me talk about, uh, is that I think that what's really important in evaluating the space right now is not, previously it was, you know, where is the money coming from? So if you're valuing sponsor money that's put into the scene, what do they want? And then you're building your organization to meet their needs to some degree, right? Because they're the ones who are funding the project. Now, with an organization like MSG, and so many of these orgs are VC-backed, what's really important and less transparent to the general audience, because with sponsors, it's like pretty cut and dry. You don't need to know the objective, but they care about engagement and exposure, right? So the more popular scenes they want teams to be involved in because they provide them more exposure. And then it's just a value assessment there in regards to how much are you paying for how much exposure is the game providing. With these different VC orgs that are getting involved, you don't know 
who is getting involved and for what reasons. I've had a lot of, you know, I have a lot of different talks with different owners about stuff and like every org that's backing these teams financially now seems to be invested into the space for a different reason. Some are running more traditional sports models. Some are looking to make profits at different points in time. Some are aren't worried about profits. Some are running like event companies behind all of this. So ultimately, it's probably something where, and I mean, Travis and I, and we all know Nick, and Nick is a really smart guy. Um, it's probably a situation where they looked at it, and you look at CSGO, and if you look at NA CSGO in particular, and the CSGO scene at large, like CSGO salaries, and I don't know how connected or much you follow um, CSGO, Risen, uh, but like salaries across that game have blown up tremendously and i think in regards to profitability um per division csgo is probably the worst tier one esports game um especially because uh on return primarily you're looking at sponsorship revenue and so many sponsors have an aversion right now to red blood games which csgo is the king of and the whole terrorist counter-terrorist factor especially with all the terrorism acts that happened in europe over the last year and the fact that most of the talent in CSGO is coming from Europe makes this game really, really hard to generate revenue off of. So if you are evaluating the CSGO space at all from a profitability standpoint, it makes it a difficult game to be involved in, especially considering all the North American CS talent is wrapped up right now. All right. Uh, now that everyone else is woken up. That, yeah, the <laughs> ad-lib version is... Um, Madison Square Garden came in. They don't like CS:GO because it doesn't turn enough for profit. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. Maybe that's that's but, that's the but uh, CS:GO is pretty hard to be in right now. I think from a cost thing. Uh, there's two things that I'll say on this before I throw it over Mark. Uh, and I know Risen Lazarus didn't ask me this question, but I, I'm it's on my Twitch channel, so I'm taking it. Um, that's, that's all you. Yeah. So one is so Risen Lazarus, by the way, is referencing a article that came out from DK. Uh, who mostly works in the CSGO space, that has said that uh, he, well, he knew that CLG was dropping their CSGO team, and then, and then it got announced. And then the other thing is he recently hinted that Malixia, who people will know ran CLG uh, before MSG came in and has still had like a leadership position, to my knowledge, is possibly on his way out. I don't think that that should be that shocking to anybody. If you are uh, Malixia you probably have a lot of different things you can do in the space right now because there are a few people that have been around for a long as long as he has and have the experience he has so there's all these new orgs coming in across CS:GO sorry Overwatch and League of Legends and even others that are trying to get in the space um, you know if you help this company get sold or whatever maybe now there's opportunities for you to go do other stuff everywhere elsewhere i think we'll probably see a lot of stuff changing uh, over time and i'm i'm not surprised to see something like that potentially happen. Um, and yeah, oh, you go Mark? Ahead. oh, I was going to say, um, if you want some juicier drama gossip stuff, I've heard from like random people in the scene at various points in time that there's always been like weird stuff with Malixia. Um, and I don't have specifics, just like his time on Dignitas as well as coming over to CLG early on. Damn. Uh, some people didn't, we just got he, a he like started. I'm just saying he rubbed some people the wrong way and it, that, that was something that happened. Uh, I don't know how good he or bad he was. Obviously, he was decent, at least, because CLG, I think, trended up during his time, I believe. 
Um, but who knows? Maybe someone at Madison Square Garden didn't like him. Yeah. That's the juicy stuff. I mean, but That's probably the, ba- the only reason no I would I would caution that line of thought process is that everyone assumes that he's being forced out, and I think that there's just as likely of a chance, if not right. more likely, that like a talented individual. Listen, I know I've been unemployed for six months. But for people that aren't me, people, you know, everybody's getting offers all the time to go work elsewhere, and people are trying to pull people other places. Who knows what is, is uh, on Devin's plate uh, and what opportunities are out there. Thanks to Volks LOL for the sub. Uh, either way, Risen Lazarus, you got anything else for us? Just as an aside, Kelby, you raised a point or an idea early of what if Riot put in some sort of restriction for players who haven't played pro yet, give them, like, mm-hmm. until the end of the season. Um the one concern, or there's a few concerns, but the one major one I have is that it that might not be legal. Uh, and this actually goes to the draft in general. Somebody pinged me on Twitter when the draft was announced and also when it started saying, hey, don't players in sports have to be in a union and under a CBA to do a player draft? And my first thought was, that doesn't sound right. But if it was right, it probably doesn't apply here because we're not talking about the same thing. There are... You can just be a free agent. You know, Riot didn't say, hey, if you want to play league, come to the scouting grounds. You can just not do it. And I think of like three players passed up on it. Yeah. Um, but regarding your specific idea of giving them a year, there's a few cases where, you know, the NBA used to have a four-year rule. You had to be out of high school for yeah, yeah, four yeah. years. Um, someone sued them. They lost that. So now it's one, one I think year, it's 19. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the NFL had a similar case. They won that. So it's not like a hard and fast, but you could have issues there. Um that's basically it. For anyway, sure. thanks so much, Lazarus, for coming Bring on, on the, the 16-year-olds. That... Oh, boy. What? <laughs> All right. Uh, who who we got next, Mark? I'm just drag Damien up right away. All right. Uh, You're sorry, just going to assume his audio room. stuff works? No, nah, I'm just going to assume he's, he works in production, so if he comes in here and there's an echo, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Audio's never been as 14 in my experience. Hello, Damien. Damien, where are you calling from? <laughs> Hello? Hi. Where are you, where are you calling from? Damien. Am I here? Yes. Yeah, you you are live right now. Can yes. you hear us? <laughs> Damien Estrada's on the show, Hotline League. Everyone <laughs> can hear him, including us. And we're excited ever. to find out what Damien wants to talk about. I I mean you guys kind of talked about it all, so I'm just kind of here. What do you guys want to talk about? Alright. That's not Wait. how this Damien, works. come up with something always. I'm uh, kicking you out. Well, no, I, I really wanted to talk about how uh, people like Cop and Saint don't have jobs right now. Why not? Why don't Cop well, and Saint have jobs? I don't know. Why don't Yeah, you give us the hot take. I I don't I don't know. I it's I'm lost, guys. I'm sorry. Uh well, I don't know. I blame I blame Travis because he was the one who put you in the waiting room. I actually seen... actually hold on, hold on. Here's here's a hot take. Travis Gafford has been killing it with this content. He's interviewed like basically everyone in the league. How is he doing it? What's your method, dude? Damien, can I ask you a, a serious question? Yeah, go for it. Since we've got you here. So, uh, now that you've got all these franchise teams involved, one of the things... By the way, we should Travis... explain who Damien is. Yeah, Damien, Damien runs 1UP at Team Liquid, which is the organization that produces all their content. He was there. Is that when, fair to say? He's the yeah, creator he was, of Breaking Point. No, better point. He was the one who did Rebirth at first, which caused every fucking team in the league to be like, "Why don't we stick some cameras behind our players and put out some <laughs> content like that?" Yeah. H two what TSM Legends, all that shit came after Damien yeah. did Rebirth. Okay, so Damien. the question. 
Can I? So now you guys have been, I would say, at the forefront in regards to doing content, as as Mark noted in regards to like you know rebirth and then breaking point, a full feature thing. As we know, like a lot of that stuff is gated by budget. Now that we have these other teams that are involved in the space, what are you worried that somebody else is going to get budget to do on the content side before you get to do it? Nothing. I'm confident. Is that well, then? What are you going to? Saying... What are you going to do that's going to level up the space on the content side? If if I say it here, then everyone's going to know. You know. Yeah, that's exactly what we're looking for—a scoop, an exclusive. <laughs> uh, all I, I give mean, me some teasers. I, give me something to get I, excited about I as just, a fan. I I really feel like uh, we're not going to be competing with other teams. We're going to be competing with like Riot on content. Nice. So okay. here's a question for you, kind of as a follow up to Kelby. Uh, so many shows or so many teams have shows that are just based around like fo- like here's our team's week, you know, and they do it at different points in time. Sometimes like I think Immortals had one at Worlds, TSMS, TSM Legends, Cloud9 had one. Uh, do you think that that's like that'll just keep going on? Do you think that it's passe now from the content side? Do you think like if, if Optic is getting in, like should they do that? show for their team like what are your kind of thoughts on that format uh i think the format is in a really weird place right i think a lot of teams try to do it last year and i think a lot of teams kind of missed uh including ourselves you know like we didn't really do a great job uh although there wasn't really much to talk about for a lot of last year and i mean so, everyone was talking about team liquid last year <laughs> yeah but not not in the the way that you want to talk about on a weekly basis you know i love yeah. talking about uh, it on a shit, we basis. lost again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so you know optimistically uh if if we're talking about the the create and grind sort of like week in and week out uh, i assume that this year is going to be a little bit better i think the roster is uh like pretty legit uh but at the same time i think there's a lot of format experimenting that we're going to do this year um and uh, someone was telling me the other day that the real off-season sort of uh, super team is actually one-up and not not our LCS roster. Okay. Uh, so what, what is how many more goodbye that. videos do you have to do? Uh, I think like three or four. <laughs> the hustle is real, dude. Yeah. Uh, we were talking earlier about uh, producing content around players versus staff. Uh, I don't know if you were you there for that conversation we were having. Yeah, I actually have a lot of opinions about that. That's like what I was going to ask you about. It's a confusing space, right? Because like, you want people to be fans of an org. And in order to be fans of an org, they have to have like a personality that they latch themselves onto, right? Um, most orgs uh, obviously don't swap out rosters frequently, or it's only like a couple players that do. Um, and so last year was a little confusing on like what players to really kind of latch onto. Um, and for me, it's kind of been like that piglet character, uh, but now he's gone. So, you know, it's like lucky we have great players. Has that it been announced with... that he's gone? I mean, he's a free agent. Haven't you seen all over the internet? No. Yeah. Uh, you guys haven't so put it's... out a goodbye video yet. I don't, nobody actually officially leaves Team Liquid until they've had a goodbye video. You got to save the best for last, dude. Okay. And, uh, Does golden glue last. You know, uh, and you know, that's my point. <laughs> oh shit! You guys are trolls. <laughs> Golden glue is a great kid. Uh, we're finishing that video right now. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think you need like a character to latch onto, or like a personality, or like someone in the team. Like, uh, what? Who's that one uh, coach that you like, Mark? The Belichick the dude. Oh, you mean in real life? Yeah, Bill Belichick. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you love that team because of him. So I think the league needs more of those characters. They need more Bill Belichicks, like in the space. And, people and who record I do... other people's practices. Oh people who are the winningest coach of all time and have a great philosophy that leads their team to victory time after time, Kelby. I'm just, I'm just making a joke. Yeah, I know, I know, I, know. I, I think for TSM, you know, like they have Bjergsen and they have Reggie. Like those are two like static personalities yeah. in that org. Yeah. And I think more orgs need people like that. I think it's kind of it's kind of hard. You mean static you in don't. regards to like they're there and you can count on them for content creation, not like they're like boring people right like they're there you could yeah. count on them uh you follow them you care about them and that's kind of like what i like about the nade shot thing is that you know like sure maybe you don't want it to be the nade shot show and maybe it won't be once they get the players in the house and they start doing content but like him as a constant i think is important mm -hmm. in the beginning at least yeah yeah very good uh thank you so much for coming on the show damien uh thanks for for leaking all that sick Team Liquid information, and uh, hope to have you on again in the future. Hey, thanks, dude. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right, who do we got next? I'll hop down and grab someone. How are you doing, Kelby? I'm doing great. Why do you think I'm not doing great? I got to talk about another esports game and go on a long rant that put everybody to sleep. I'm all about it. Nice. Lazarus had a good question, though. Let's see. Okay, Mark's back, so we should have a moment. And uh, here's Davidson. Davidson, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Sweden. Sweden! Woohoo! Uh, what time is it there? Uh, it's early. 6.30. 6.30, yeah. okay. Did you, no better you, way to start your day. Have you gone to sleep with... yet, or have you woken up? <laughs> yeah, I, wo I actually woke up from the message from my iPhone that this uh, show was live. Hey, that's what, great, what do you man. think about the new Alliance roster? Wait, what? Exactly. Even... Sorry, right, good answer, joke. Davidson. Uh, yeah. All right, so for everyone else, be like Davidson, set notifications for this channel, let it wake you up the moment that I go live. He knows what's up. Davidson, what do you want to talk to us about? I just want to talk about uh, this the scouting ground situation in EU and how it can transfer to the NA scouting ground. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you know, yeah. Do you know I love that? bringing over EU talent. Tell me how we yeah. can get some more. So <laughs> do you know how the NHL does it? No. With like the drafting, they, the the National Hockey League just gets the first take on every talent in like Sweden, Russia, etc. Okay. In Finland, so they just draft the young upcoming players for like free, and just set them on a contract and just scout. So it's kind of just an uh, talent growth in NA. So wait, uh, sorry. so you're so saying could... that the NHL just has access to all the other regions? And they just will draft players out of those regions. Well, so yeah. the way it works in NBA, which I assume is, is similar, is um, like you can just draft anyone in the world. And that just gives you like NBA explicit exclusive rights. Like you can't, you know, say like, oh, you can't compete in your Turkish league because we drafted a Turkish player. But if you try and come to the NBA, they have your rights. Um, and so I think that's what you're saying is the same thing in the NHL, right? Like an NHL team can draft anybody in the world uh, and then they have the rights to them for the NHL. Yeah. Because I, I don't think that Europe will ever become like a super 
a like world contender uh, region again because it's like splitting up once more. I think we should just bet on uh, NA. It's a great culture as well. So wait, I, this I, guy is wait, so, so smart. okay. Just to be clear, you <laughs> you are suggesting that EU just becomes NA's scouting ground. Yeah. God. What they just they just shut down yeah. this year's scouting ground. Thank I'm a high you. elo I'm a high elo player and I wanted some scouting ground uh, and, news. And you yeah. are so you want to be as an EU ladder player, be able to be scouted at the NA scouting grounds is what yeah, you're yeah. saying. And then he yeah. counts as a domestic player, I think, which is only yeah. fair if you're coming to compete at NA scouting grounds. Then you don't take up an import slot. You just have to declare. We, we need two continents to be. Yes. Korea. Yeah. The, I. He's they would say that you have my like Twitch chat guy. has never moved this quickly. You are you are definitely the most interesting caller, and you're actually from Sweden. To be clear, you're yeah. actually an EU yeah. citizen. Listen right to now. him. Yes, yeah, did you hear my, did you yeah. hear my accent? A little. I mean, I yeah, do yeah. hear your accent. I just maybe yeah. you're a very talented accent person. Uh, where are you? Where are you at in Sweden? If I can. Um, Gothenburg. Got a little shithole uh, underneath uh, John shopping. Oh, oh okay. you're near Yunshipping? You, you really that? are in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. I went to the season one. Uh... Okay, so Davidson, are you more of an NA fan or an EU fan? Like, do you do you watch NALCS or EU LCS or what's your mix? I only watch my homeboy Rickless okay. in the EU okay. LCS. That's okay. the only thing I watch. Okay. So, but, but you like NA yeah, more as NA. a region? What, yeah. But you don't watch NA? Yeah, I watch NA. Oh, no, he's saying of European teams. The only one. Oh, okay. would you okay. have? Did you want during the off season? Did you want Reckless to come to NA? Dude, I would be so happy if Afromo <laughs> Reckless. I agree. Like, I who agree. cares if he lives in Germany or in the in fucking USA? If he gets more paid, I'm more happy for him as well. So, can, uh, can I ask what you like more about NA versus EU in regards to the orgs and how they do things? The or thing the is that. NA is just more like USA. It's, the marketplace is just so it's just so set set in stone. Like you know what you can get from it, you know how you get it from it. So it's it's more stable. EU is just a fucking shithole with fifty different countries and yeah. Uh, so let <laughs> My me ask favorite you, caller, dude. Ever have you have you seen the the Copenhagen Flames? tweets about how they're doing their uh, like own scouting grounds yeah i actually played in some uh, D danish uh... it's so weird now because they talked about splitting up the eu uh, yeah the EU mm -hmm. LCS, and they was like oh we know what we can do we can take every country and make it an individual like uh, cs uh, uh, like the fucking eu cs for every country and we yeah. take every country's best uh, teams and just put them in the qualifiers. Would you have liked that system? I guess it's good for some like new players. Like there, there are some D1 players and like low most players that's really good at game, have really good like macro sense. So it could bring them up more. I guess that's pretty good. So, uh, excuse me. The other question I wanted to ask you, Davidson. So. Uh, at okay, I'm gonna publish this this video probably. I'll just clip it out, put it on my YouTube. I usually put it on right after the show, but all of Europe will be waking up, so it's not a safe time. So I'll probably post it. Oh, that's like, the perfect time. At like yeah, one yeah, or two yeah. the shit out of Europe. Uh, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, no, no, they'll downvote it, and and people will hate me. But uh, I'll probably post it at like one or two tomorrow, uh, whenever it's safe to post it. 
But um, all all the EU fans that do watch this will be like, yeah, but EU always outperforms NA at Worlds, EU greater than NA, et cetera, et cetera. So why don't you sort of share that mentality of like, who cares about NA? They have the money and then their players will underperform or they'll bring over our talent and then they'll suck. Okay, I'm not I'm not talking about like, I don't have a bias against NA because I feel like the Western culture in the lol is one it's one culture. I think the it's 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 bad to see us as two different entities because yeah. we have the player base, we have a big a much bigger player base. So why don't we uh, take our forces together? Yeah, to create a better league. I mean, you you did say that it's bad to view them as two separate things, and then you also said EU is EU is a shithole. So I'm kind of, I will. Yeah, no, confused. no, I'm just I'm just talking about the infrastructure. In right, the right, EU. right. So, so, yeah, so we're on like, the same page here. Yeah, yeah EU yeah. better players, better like area for for like players yeah. play in, but NA has much better infrastructure and yeah. income. So EU, you become a great player, and then once you've become great enough. NA takes you. Yeah. Davidson, I, I love the idea right <laughs> that you just woke up this morning, rolled over, started watching the show, and then you're gonna like you're like, I'm gonna I'm going to be a traitor to my entire region uh, and call Damn, it. I have to minute. change my alley ice now. Do, do you follow Smash? No. Uh, I was gonna say Leffen, he's Swedish, he's he's on TSM. Comes to North America all the time to play. It's the same thing, yeah. you know. Davidson, thank you so much. I hope you call again in the future. Yeah, uh, thank I'd thank love to have you on again. Yeah. Thanks, Davidson. Yeah. Have a good one and uh, have a good rest of your day. Yeah. To be clear, though, I personally don't view Davidson as a traitor. I think that Europe should take a lot of pride in the fact that they have this really big task set in front of them, which is developing talent for the superior region. You know, it's not easy to make these guys into the great players that they are so that they can be sent off to the, you know, to the region where they can get fame and money that they deserve for their skills. You know, like they deserve a lot of credit for building these guys up for North America. Yeah, I think it's funny. All the you people always message me whenever we do the show because it's so late and they are upset that it's like so early in the morning. I always think it's an NA show, whatever. So then, like, EU person calls in, and I'm like, my first reaction is like, oh, man, like, uh, he's going to be like, why don't you do the show earlier? Or, like, let's talk about something EU-related. Instead, no, he's just like, EU is a shithole. NA for life. <laughs> he literally I said wish, I wish Reckless would come to NA. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, he's a really enlightened, probably one of the most enlightened guests we've had. All right, next guest. Uh, Hello. Are you? What, you're still on this channel? Oh, I left and I came back. Okay. Hello, Koji. Where are you hey, calling from? Hey, how's it going? Where are you calling hey. from? I'm calling from Huntington, Indiana. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Very good. And what do you want to talk to us today about? So, I was going to talk about the uh, Our Game video that came out. Oh, um, yeah. we Yeah, I think uh, Mark really wanted to talk about that. Um, but what, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, so um, I've been following the scene since uh, about uh, preseason two. So I definitely was on that side of like, oh man, esports, dude, it's totally sports. But now that the scene's matured, it's like, who gives a crap? <laughs> like, if it's considered esports or not? Like, the infrastructure is set up. Everyone knows that it's a real deal. And I mean, you got like Colin Coward. And those types of people are the ones that are like making a scene about 
get off my lawn, you stupid esports nerds. So I just think that while the video was cool and it was like a nice kind of homage to the struggle, I guess, I think it's a little bit like late to show because we're already at the point where like it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I uh, I have a couple feelings on this. One is I definitely agree with that sentiment. Uh, but I also think it's probably really nice for people to have, uh, you know, they some people have parents and they're like, why did you lose your job at Yahoo? Why don't you get a real job? Why do you work in this esports thing? You should have become like a doctor, like your grandfather. And it's just nice to have. I'm just kidding. Um, Can you imagine Travis I, operating on you? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just, Cutting I, you open? I 100% agree that this is a great video. I just think it was three years too late. Yeah. Like, this should have came out after the 2014 Worlds, and you get fucking Imagine Dragons and everyone losing their shit in the Korean stadium and all that stuff, and you make the same video then. And there was probably a f couple fewer sound bites that you, than, than you had nowadays where you can get all the TNT NBA guys and, and this and that, but th I think there was still enough conversation going on about it back then, so... Yeah. I agree. I, at this point, everyone who's been following esports for more than like two or three years is kind of like, I I don't care what they call us. We're clearly big and legitimized. But did you guys, when you watch that, and I'm not I'm not saying that this was me, but a lot of people said it was so nice to have to watch this video because it resonated so much with me. Mm -hmm. You know, the idea like this is the identity of esports, and like the idea that this is so much more than some people think it is. And and setting aside like the sport, is it a sport thing? More like the let's celebrate it. And even like Thorne was going in on it on Twitter by being like, why are they using e league stuff well, to promote that, it? That that was just ridiculous on it. Yeah, but I thought I thought it was actually really cool that this was not just limited to League of Legends. Riot yeah. has historically only focused so much of their conversation. They don't they talk less about League of Legends and more, or sorry, they talk less about esports and more about LOL esports. If that makes sense. And uh, so I just thought it was kind of neat that there was this kind of inclusive video that, that came out for that kind of stuff. I really like the video, and I don't think this video will be late for decades, honestly. Like, it it may be that we all in here, especially endemic to the scene, you know, we've been around esports since, you know, what, 2010 or something like that for most of us, and following on a dedicated basis. And like, you know, you said... Um, you know, you've been following since preseason two. So, yeah, it's not something where, like, I don't give a shit what Colin Cowherd says. I totally feel that. But the the reality of the situation is that all of this stuff that we love is funded by people. And in order for it to continue to grow and get bigger, it needs to get more traction and more visibility into a greater, like, section of the mainstream market. And this will always be a conversation until, you know, people like this stop saying things like this, which yeah. will take, I think, generations. It makes sense. Kelby's like the sales guy in this. He yeah. talks to sponsors all the time. It makes sense. And I and I don't see this even to mock. Like, I would not have thought of this because I'm not in his position. But you can show that to sponsors right. that you are pitching. Yep. And you can say, because, you know, you'll walk in. I've, I've heard this from multiple people. You walk in sometimes to companies and some marketing guy has heard about esports or there's like a junior level marketing guy that's trying to convince a chief marketing officer or a company that has a big budget to invest uh, some money into this thing. And they think esports is like world of Warcraft. And what is that? Like those mobile, mobile games that are, you know, flappy birds. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. like they they literally have, are so out of touch with the idea, and they'll call it e gaming, and they'll say so e gamers are really into this. There's there's such a disconnect there. So being able to walk into that room right. and say like, hey, listen, uh, you know, you have the sports budget that you spend on X Y Z. Here's right. why. Here's a video that we kind of think demonstrates some of of why this is valuable. Yeah. So I will have two sides. One, you're 100 percent right, Kelvin Travis. That like this is great for showing to people outside the loop and, and trying to get them in there, mm-hmm. um, and that's inarguable. However, there's a part of me who's been a gamer my whole life who kind of has this kind of like fuck 'em mentality, right. where where I'm like, yeah, I don't care if Colin Coward never gets on esports. I understand yeah, yeah. that like if you can loop him in, that's great. But like, I'm a do me, and like esports is doing great, and we just had a ton of buy-in from. Uh, NBA officials and like I feel 100% legitimized in esports where like if you don't get it th- at this point that's fine um, and so f- that part of me is like I don't want people who don't get it to be shown that like there's money in this so come and exploit us for money and I'm like people who get it please come join us and that part of me is kind of like eh you know and, yeah, yeah I totally agree with Mark there like um, I also like the tweet Darshan had about how like the scene has shaped him and the fact that he doesn't really care what it's called either. It's at a point where it's like, it's whatever then. Either yeah. you're with us or you're not. And like I said, I, I agree. Like, I want more money in the scene so we can all make more money and esports becomes more legitimate. And like, I'm, I'm torn on this issue because I have that side of me. And then there's the side that's like, yo, let's stay real with the people who get it. Like, I don't want some dickhead at ESPN coming in and being like, I'm about esports now because there's enough money in it that I'm paid <laughs> to talk about it. Like, fuck mm-hmm. that guy. And, and I'm torn on that issue. But that's what every team that bought in is banking on, just so we realize. And we are on the exploitation route. It is yeah. going to it is going to head that direction. It will become ever more prevalent in what we consume. So yeah. I'm just trying to make sure that when they do it, they do it in an authentic way and it is additive for me as a fan, so that it's not, you know, like the shit that we see with Philadelphia Fusion where it's, you know, marketing to kids. It's somebody utilizing that budget to create content for me as a fan and get branding around it that I actually care about. Right, and that's why, to go back to Clutch Gaming, as much as I kind of lampooned, like, analytics are great, yada, yada, yada. Like, I think that, like, Daryl Morey and that team clearly cares about esports. Yeah. Whether or not, like, their approach will be 100% successful, they're at least, like, c- committed to it. They care about it. Yeah. Cool. Hey, thank you so much, Koji. Uh, by the way, Mark, I put something in the Skype chat. Uh, thanks so hey, much thank for you. calling in, Koj. I really appreciate mm-hmm. the call. Have a good night, guys. Yeah, have a good one. Thanks, dude. Uh, yeah, good callers tonight. Yeah, yeah. I like these topics. Uh, if you are a sub, by the way, please join the sub voice channel, and then put uh, please whenever you're writing something in the this chat that you want to talk about. Uh, yeah, let me let sub. me know some way because there's so many people like spamming at as Oswald and like I'm trying to talk and do all this stuff that I have a hard time noticing who's a sub or not. Yeah. So if, and then so if you write sub and then we see you in the subs voice chat, we'll try and we'll try and grab you in. We'll try and grab. We got a couple of calls left, but is uh, there a subs? Uh, oh, there this. is a subs chat as well. I can do a better job popping between the general chat and subs chat to see yeah. who's typing in there. Because uh, we do try to make sure that we grab at least a couple subs every show because there are a lot of people spamming questions. Yeah, so if you're a sub and you want to get on the show, type in the subs chat right now. I'll go pop in yeah. and, and read that for a minute. Spe- Anyways, I'll grab another caller. Speaking of subs, I think we talked about Scooty Tootie already for subbing. I know we talked about folks. Diarrhea Butt 69 subbed 21 minutes ago. Uh, so thank you to that them. And then Diarrhea Butt <laughs> donated $100 
Damn. Uh, so thank you, Diary About 69. Uh, it is, I have mixed feelings about your support for the show uh, because while I really appreciate the funding assistance, your brand is uh, at odds, I think, with what we try to go for here. Uh, Control 6, join the show. Oh, yeah. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Seattle. Oh, nice. How's, nice. how's uh, Seattle? Uh, it's kind of cold, kind of shitty weather. I'm sorry. Where where are you at in Seattle, Control Six? I'm from there originally. Uh, Bellevue, so technically not Seattle, but I love Bellevue. Yeah, yeah. I think it's boring. Valve, Seattle, based in Bellevue. Yeah. Is it uh, Mike? Is it Microsoft or is it no Microsoft's in Redmond? They're Redmond. Yeah. Who's in yeah, Bellevue? They're, they're Somebody's actually close. in Bellevue, right? Is it Amazon? Valve. Oh, is it just Valve? Okay. Either way, Control Six. Is it true that you work for Valve? It is not. I okay. do work for Microsoft, though. Oh, nice. Hey, there you go. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, if you want to hook it up with that micro- Office 365. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what are you angling for? Uh, okay, Office I'll, 365. I'll check into that. Hey, listen, sure. Word is a very, it's a great tool, uh, and yeah. I'm, I need to get some invoices done. Of that It's very helpful. a lot of that. Excel myself. What did you want to talk to us about, Control 6? Yeah, so basically, I think that Power People didn't do anything wrong going to NA and the like Reddit outrage about him going to Optic and like going to All Stars is pretty much bullshit. Yeah, and actually, to make it a hot take, I'll even say that the the EU backlash on this just kind of shows how petty their region is, and like further validates him ditching EU and going to NA. I mean, <laughs> he calls Europe. Yes, I. So we're on an NA, we're on here. an NA yeah, show yeah. with a bunch of NA pundits, and yeah. your opinion is EU is overreacting about when their top stars leaving. Yeah, EU I'm should... gonna hide like 12 hours from yeah. now just for my sake. EU should be mad at the orgs for not being able to retain talent instead of mad at the NA orgs who are going out and pursuing talent as they should. Yeah, yeah and, well, and... I don't even think they're mad at the NA orgs. They're mad at the players, the EU players. Oh, oh! I'm sorry. I'm going to better my life in a scenario where it has proven out that EU talent can go to this region and be get more money, get more attention, become bigger than I would so have Kelby, ever been. So, Kelby, just for full context, I think people are frustrated because Power of Evil heavily campaigned to be part of the EU All Star team. That's called the classic bait and switch. Uh, yeah. Well, he's, I think people are upset ahead. about the bait and switch, right? Yeah. Well, also, Europe is better than North America, and all these players care about winning. So, so why are they? going and making more money and having more fans somewhere else yeah, yeah. i mean they both lose to korea at worlds good good job yeah um so we had a european caller on and he also <laughs> shit on europe so maybe that's just the right thing to do yeah i agree i don't know so okay uh benefit of the doubt i i try to put myself in other people's shoes if i am an eu fan and i just see what they lost probably Romaine, who are two of the big names in the sp- uh, on two of the bigger teams, they lose Power Zabotine. of Evil. They lose. Well, Zabatine wasn't really affiliated. He was like a broadcaster, right? Uh, um, I mean, whatever. Who else have they lost? They've lost a lot of big names. Mizzy, F- Fabivin, Smithy, and yeah, Fabivin and Sven. Uh, that is that is. I'm just waiting for perks. I need perks. Yeah. to really seal the deal. No, reckless would really seal the deal. He's like, yeah, yeah, that too. Ooh, I'll yeah. take a reckless for sure. But I, I can understand being frustrated. That being said, I feel like targeting a player is kind of shitty. Yes. Did you guys read his Reddit post? Yes. 
So what were your thoughts on his Reddit post? Uh, I thought it was extra meme and maybe a little extra defensive than it needed to be. Um, like, he could have just... He's done with that region, right? He doesn't really have to defend himself. <laughs> um, uh, but I do think him explaining, I did not know I was coming to North America, and whenever I campaigned about the All-Star stuff, I think that that was helpful and maybe shed some light that he's not you know, trying to sketch people out. My take on it was the memes, while funny, were kind of counterproductive. Uh, when you're trying to be like, hey guys, listen to logic and reason, yeah, and and you're memeing, it's it's a little uh, like how, yeah, once again counterproductive. Yeah, I, think it's I assume he was trying to joke. take like a light heart to like trying it's to a make a clear it... indicator that you're insecure about a situation, right? Yeah. Because like it's it's one thing to be like I'm going to joke the whole time in this post, but then he's like all my friends or like all my the European players who said anything bad about me, you've lost all my respect. Like that combined with memeing, just I'm like, what what are you trying to say here? Like, are you no. trying to be serious and articulate your points? Are German you... sense of humor, I think. You know, but I don't know. Sure, I mean, I'm I, I'm fine with memes. It's just like you weren't like, hey, go fuck yourselves. Like, I'm doing this because it's great for my life. You know, yeah. when you're trying to be like, it's wrong to criticize me at all. Which is I do how love felt like though coming out. that Reddit responded by memeing even harder, with the like, <laughs> as an NA fan, I am. Upset that our mid later is representing you and the ulcer. That that thread was amazing. That was awesome. Man. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where Reddit proves its value. Where it's like, all right, here's some drama. Let's just mean the shit out of it. Yeah. Control I, stuff. I sorry, we haven't. We've been kind of just talking about this amongst ourselves. But did you? Did you have any other thoughts on the? Oh, on the uh, thing? yeah. So I guess my other big thought is just. Uh, so this is actually like he's going to NA. He's going to carry like lemon and zig i think so like if he can somehow go to worlds like he's a fucking beast props to him he's basically the opposite of like kevin durant like trying to carry some garbage ass team yeah more help he has like the heart of a champion okay maybe this is a good point so no western team can make it to finals or beat a korean team so the actual strategy to keep increasing like the achievement level is to make it harder and harder for yourself so not only did he crank up the difficulty one notch by going to NA, he's cranked it up two notches by picking a team that is not TSM or Team Liquid or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, what'd you think about the, the Reddit post, Control 6, about like how he was like, you know, kind of trying to defend himself about some points while also conceding that the criticism's correct in some ways? Like, that's uh, a little weird. Yeah, like, there's probably not a Reddit post he could make that would, like, satisfy the people who are pissed off at him. So, like, I'm not saying that's smart, but I think as, like, a relatively impartial observer, if you read that, you're like, yeah, that seems reasonable. Yeah. But it's not going to satisfy the people who are mad at him. Well, Control6, thanks so much for calling in. If you have an extra copy of Windows 10, uh, <laughs> Office 365, uh, Access even. I don't know if you guys still make Access, but... Oh, oh yeah. Have, oh yeah. Have good laptops you can send me. I could always use a new laptop. Yeah. <laughs> they don't they don't actually they do. They make Surface books now and so they do have that yeah, sounds awful. We got the best laptops out there. Yeah. Well, well what is a Microsoft. Surface book? Can I play Divinity on it or League or PUBG? Yeah. They, it's got like a graphics card. Yeah. All right, cool. You can send me that then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah any sure. of this stuff, any of this hardware, we're we're we'll we'll send you our address after this. Thanks so much Control 6. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. All right, uh, another great Microsoft 
person on the show. All right. Uh, I think we've got time for just a couple more calls as we're wrapping up. Hopefully we were able to grab a sub or two. Uh, Mark is in the other call. Uh, whoops is here. How's it going, Whoops? Is this the same Whoops that used to work at Surrender at 20? No. Okay, sorry. sorry. Different Whoops. Uh, where are you calling from, Whoops? Whoops. Uh, I'm calling from San Diego. San Diego. Did you call before? Everybody's in Cali, dude. No. Okay. Well, we had some Iowa and some... Yeah, some we had a couple of Where, Whereabouts in San Diego? I used to be from the Temecula slash Carlsbad area. Uh, northern San Diego. About, like, 10 minutes down from Escondido. Oh, nice. Okay, okay. Very cool. Uh, so you're pretty close to Carlsbad. Either way, Whoops, what do you got for us? So I'd like to talk about how uh, TSM's pickups this offseason won't really change their problems that they've had over the last couple of years. Okay. Because... Uh, go for it. I feel like they picked up Sven and Mithy. Who, I mean, they picked up Mithy because they just wanted a shot calling uh, support from what I saw from uh, your interview with Reggie. And I feel like uh, G2 and TSM kind of functioned the same, where they played through their mid laner and just kind of, because they were the best laners in their regions, they could just beat every other team. And that's why when they got to Worlds, they just kind of fell flat. And then they picked up Mike Young, who was this super aggressive uh, jungler on Phoenix 1 while it was a carry jungle meta. And that was the same thing that Sven was doing before he was on TSM. So I'm afraid that bringing on a rookie jungler who doesn't have much experience and having him try to be another voice on the team while there's already three pretty strong voices on TSM will kind of make him shy away from how he was on Phoenix 1, and he'll kind of just turn into a ward bot how Sven did. Okay. So just really quickly on the heels of that, Nick Allen, the guy who runs uh, CLG, uh, just put in chat, TSM is a little garbage. So he, he seems to agree with you. Um, right. So, sorry, the first part of your statement was basically that uh, they are playing through their mid laner, which allows them to crush, and then that's why they're flopping internationally. And that this isn't going to change much, uh, especially given that Mike Young is a rookie and might not have the experience he needs. Sorry, is that what you were saying? Uh, yeah, kind of. Okay. Uh, Mark, you want to take this one? Sure. So I, in some sense, agree. They're saying that I think one of the pitches that we've heard at TSM is that Mithy is a more vocal player than a lot of the people that they've had on their team. Um and should shot call them to victory. I think Myth Mithy has been looking slightly worse each year. I think he's he's kind of on like the the Aphromoo, um, uh, like skill trajectory where like he clearly still understands the game, can shot call, do all the macro stuff well, but he's holding up worse and worse in lane every split. Um, and so that yeah, part concerns me. The Mike Young point about him turning into a ward bot, I don't want to believe it, <laughs> um, but it might be true. Uh, Though the rookie part isn't what concerns me, it's just that there's been enough people who have been aggressive junglers before who have gone down a similar route. TSM, while Parth was coaching, while Bjergsen was the mid laner, clearly have a more methodical approach. And it doesn't seem like they, they really love the instinctual playstyle that sometimes comes with junglers. And a similar thing, I think, happened with Peanut on SKT, where when you have people who prefer a very methodical approach to, to playing the game, that players who sometimes play instinctually uh, lose their feel. Or, or start second-guessing themselves. And I think you could see a, sec a similar thing happen with Mike Young. 
I also know from like a personality dynamic perspective and managing teams that when you have somebody like this, regardless of how talented they are and they're young, and you come into a situation with all these players who have this reputation, reputation, the tendency is for them to become very reverent and then like it's it's so much easier for them to get molded. You're saying Bjergsen is the new doublelift of CLG. No, 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 I'm no, not that Bjergsen is intentionally, you know, like just well, I know, but this the, guy maliciously. The rumor was but... always that, or some of the philosophy that was that doublelift needed to leave CLG because he created an environment where people can oppose him because he'd been on the roster for so long that it it actually became like a bit of an issue. I I'm just saying the, the natural tendency is people respect Bjergsen so much and other players on the team so much that they will really lean into his potential criticisms and if he has a preference for a ward butt style jungler then they will maybe take that into account more than they actually would normally and dictate their playstyle accordingly because they respect this guy to such a degree. Right. So like I think the point you're making is like with double if some people just thought he was a bit of an asshole on the team. Right. Uh, whereas Bjergsen is like, I'm so good at the game, this is how I approach the game, and then yeah. the jungler starts approaching the game the same way, even though it isn't their natural tendency. Sure. Yep, exactly. So, uh, so did we rise at, arrive at a conclusion for this conversation? I think uh, I was kind of on board with the idea that I'm not sure that these changes will be enough. I think they'll still be a great team, but does it result in them having significant improvement at Worlds? I don't know. This well, was my argument for why they shouldn't change the roster in the first place. Whoops! Thanks I don't so think much. Performance of worlds will change. Whoops! Thanks so much for calling in. Appreciate it. Did you? Ha Sorry. Did you have anything else? Uh, I mean, I was also going to mention how somebody mentioned how Song might be able to kind of fix them up a little bit. But I also, I'm not also sure how Song and Reggie and Bjerg might work together. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It's interesting. I think. TSM is probably, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, TSM more than any other team has like the most owner involvement on the game yeah. front, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it'll be a big conversation going into 2018. Yeah. yeah. They've never missed an NALCS final. Thanks so much, whoops. Yeah, They've won it's... 6 out of 10 NALCS finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's probably... Uh, yeah, the, but that's... But, too, but, Kelby, whenever you have that philosophy that, like, TSM always makes it to the finals and oftentimes wins... Mm -hmm. And you use that more as an often excuse. than not. You, in fact, you can use that as an excuse to just justify everything. Like, why make a roster change when that roster got them to the finals and to worlds two times and MSI once? You know if what I mean? Because they'll get there anyways, right? Right. So I, I guess I'm just saying there's there's a lot of it's easy to justify or to hide your flaws if you continue to think like, oh, our thing always works for us. I'm just saying that I think that, to your point, I think Reggie has a significant impact on the team's performance. Yeah. In a positive manner. So there's there's two things floating around chat right now. It's a lot about like what Bjergsen said on stream regarding Sven and Mike Young. One, uh, he said that he encouraged Sven to play aggressive, um, and that they said if you don't want to play tanks, that's fine, but tanks were the meta. And I think... Yeah, that's true. Tanks were the meta, and that's why Sven played them. Um, but you could see that he still didn't turn a gank in the first. He never turned a gank at Worlds, actually. So there was clearly something where, like, I don't think Sven's that bad. There was something going on there. So who knows exactly if it's Bjerg or not. But there was clearly indecision in his play that did not exist 
ever before because he was such an aggressive player. Second, the idea that Mike Young and Bjergsen talked and they agreed to play this game the same way, that is just fucking stupid to think is like the reality because they haven't even played a scrim together. So like you can sit there and be like, I think the jungler should play this way. But the first time that Mike Young goes for a dumb invade and dies to Raptors, that's when the real discussion starts. So before yeah. that happens, I don't care what Bjerg says. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fixing Discord not syncing roles issue. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Fred the Free. Did oh did Mark leave the chat? Okay, that's weird. It's probably Fred, some. Fred the Free for the cheer. Uh, Optsm fan gifted Risen Ladders uh, Lazarus a sub and League of Emily a sub. It's Christmas time, people, and the Hanukkah and everything else out there. Just it's a great time to be gifting things and tr subs to my channel are great. Bashy Nomad subbed. Uh, bronze feeder boy has subbed a Lear subbed a uh, hundred T donated $5 and said hundred T better than TSM Rio greater than Bjergsen Rio made it semis Bjergsen can't even make it out of groups lol and uh, kid funny subbed Marsh Mosh Jarkus by the way and I requested somebody to sub to do this he gifted a sub to Nick Allen so Nick Allen now a sub to my channel thank you so much Nick for the, the support uh, are we ready? Sorry, yes. I didn't know if you were still shilling out. I am. I got some more shilling, but I paused when you got here. A fish. Yeah. Well, here, here's another guy you can use. To a fish shill. is a sub. Thank you so much, a fish. Where are you calling from, a fish? I'm calling from Washington D.C. Washington D.C. We get so many people from D.C. Are you friends with Risen Lazarus? A <laughs> tiny little part of the country, but we've had I feel like four or five different people from D.C. on the show. A fish. Uh, what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about money balling in the LCS. And for those of you guys that don't know what money balling is, it's basically just building a team solely on statistics. And we know Clutch Gaming has been making these enormously long draft files about each player. And do you think that guys would be that would be successful? I.e., an example, looking at somebody's CS per minute based upon their their champion pool. You think this would be positive or negative? This is a Mark you, topic, can, I think. Can what I, do you think? Well, I think it's possible depending on one position and two meta. So if we know we've been super heavy in, we'll say, getting war, getting uh, mobile, we'll say mobile supports. Do you think there? I think it's positive if you can find a positive ward. Ward per minute. So if you can get a good statistic for that, and then that's your going off of, you can draft a good support based on that. But I think also you can't to some extent because the meta changes so drastically. What were you going to say, Kelby? I was going to say, so I think that one thing that's really interesting here is that I feel like largely moneyballing exists and has been most successful and was founded in baseball. First, because it does not account for the team chemistry dynamic in the same way that all other traditional sports do. Baseball is something where pretty much everybody's performance happens on an individual basis, one at a time. And in league and football and basketball and soccer, all these other sports, they have to work dynamically in a group with communication at the same time in order to get things done. Whereas baseball is like the batter comes up to the plate, he hits the ball. The third baseman fields the grounder, he throws it to first, right? Everybody's just doing their core function by themselves. The chemistry thing is not really a factor aside from the dugout and traveling together. So it's much easier to moneyball, in my opinion, and I think why it became an advent, 
in this traditional sport because it exists on an individual performance basis and doesn't take into account the chemistry factor that you can't put statistics behind. So, I agree, so, I agree okay. uh, slightly with Kelby's point. The, the the one area I think that it does matter a little bit more in baseball would be like batting lineup um, and like having high on base percentage before getting into like you know your more power hitters and like those kinds of things. You can actually get higher runs batted. Like like there, there's so a little a bit more. Is that a chemistry thing or a stats thing? Still? That's 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 true. It's still a stats thing. Um, yeah. So so yeah, I actually agree. Now that you put it that way, uh, what I will say just for league is I feel like the statistics are not at all ready for a Moneyball approach. I think league stats are so contextual right now um, that you would have a hard time using these Moneyball stats any better than like, ah, yeah, well, Jensen has the fucking highest KDA and CSD in the league. Of course I'll go for Jensen or so-and-so, you know? And at that point, you're not really using Moneyball. <laughs> you're just... <laughs> taking the most obvious like yeah he's he's shitting on kids he's probably decent stats so i would agree with that that you couldn't correlate the top players but do you think you could find a correlation between what's lcs ready and what's not which i would argue yes that's an interesting approach because what at all is the same playing field between lcs ready and not just because like in baseball maybe you're talking about triple a talent uh, which has a slightly more overlap, but like in, are you talking about like the potential academy teams or like? What, so what I would say yeah. So drafting and in, going either into scouting scouting grounds. What are you looking for out of a basis player? So let's say we know just looking off of statistics that most of your ADCs are going to pull at least eight point three to eight point seven. We'll say just arbitrarily. So in scouting grounds, are you looking for? a player that is pulling at least 8.3 or 8.7 CS per minute or higher, or are you going to be like, if they're not pulling that, I'm, they're, they're cut off my team? Or do you think you can kind of make a, a correlation between statistics on what you need and what you don't need out of positions, I guess, going into the LCS, not versus the top players then, I think would be my next question. I would be really hesitant to use stats that way for a couple of reasons. One, because... Um... At scouting grounds, you have a pretty limited sample size. You're talking about potentially at most 10 games or something, right? You, you play five mm -hmm. or, th yep. or four best of threes. Um, so 12 games max, pretty small. Second, um, the way CS per minute works is really specific to team comp, under, like team play understanding. Like when can you go to a side wave? When can you not? Like these kinds of things. And I think you could argue that a great player knows when they can go collect the farm or not. But if you're playing in a team full of other scrubs, for lack of a better <laughs> word, like they're not going to understand the macro game well. And your CS per minute could could dip because of that. And if you're trying to set some like bench, like you know benchmark number for that where 80 carries in the LCS are expected to get 8.7 CS per minute and then this kid falls behind I wouldn't put too much stock in that without looking at his gameplay like and, and talking with him and I think as long as those tools exist I would rather use my eyeballs and I'd rather use my mouth over using stats okay do you think you could do it for any position so we'll say something that's more pertinent would be like kill participation or wards to a support I don't actually think wards are a good stat at all for, for tracking that because it's heavily no. dependent on... Well, so like a lot of uh, losing teams actually do have higher wards per minute numbers than winning teams. 
because their vision gets cleared out and they need to replace it to have any hope. Whereas if I'm a winning team, I can put a pink down, clear two of your wards with it, and then you're warding more than me. And that has nothing to do with the fact that your team's better or your support's better. A lot of those those kinds of factors pop up. So I would say um, AD carry is the best. They are the most basic-ass position in League of Legends where they are <laughs> one thing and one thing only, and that's farm up and then not die in team fights. So AD carry is your best position to try and moneyball with. I just don't think that the stats that are currently used are good enough. And I think that's the problem, not the idea that you couldn't moneyball League, but until you come up with better stats, I don't, I don't, I think that's the problem. So if I have another minute, what what stat would you like to see then Mart tracked? Or do you not know yet? I don't because know. Because another thing I looked at, well, fun background for you guys. I'm exercise physiologist, so I looked at weight versus height distribution in triathletes to find their ideal weight. Do you think we can find a distribution between all the stats and come up with a magic number or no? I, I, I agree Mark says no, but like to hear Kelby and Travis's opinions on it. Kelby. I mean, for the reasons I already stated, I think that moneyballing uh, a team game like League of Legends is incredibly difficult. I think cool. so. So I would just say, so sorry, your question was like just generally the moneyball concept. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think if you, so there's a lot of people out there that think that Clutch is doing this. Uh, but in the interview with me and, and elsewhere, uh, Sebastian has said that they are actually more just watching film, which is watching VODs, because they don't feel like the stats are there yet. So it kind of corresponds with everything Mark was saying. Um, and so I do think that there are, like, the concept of trying to figure out players that are undervalued and building a roster based off of that is a smart one. And while that's not specifically how moneyballing works, like, you know, that kind of philosophy, I think we are kind of seeing in a couple different places. And I, I think that that will make a lot of sense as time goes on. But yeah, I kind of agree that the stats aren't there yet, even though theoretically we should have way more access to stats in League of Legends than we do in traditional sports because it's right. literally all a digital game. So anyway, thanks so much, Ivish, for calling in. Uh, good. Thank good you for having me, guys. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Uh, and so... I we are uh, while we, he was talking, I was a little distracted. Unfortunately, we're 15 subs away from 200 sub points, and part of that is because of something I'm I'm gonna have to go through here. Uh, so <clears throat> here we go. Diarrhea butt gifted to Alfonso. Diarrhea butt gifted to I'm Silo. Mellow Jello subbed. Diarrhea butt gifted to Fishy. Diarrhea butt <laughs> gifted to Uptight Gnome. Got diarrhea butt gifted to Unified wow. Hearts. Diarrhea butt gifted to Jose CR. Diarrhea butt gifted to Matty Ice 6270. Diarrhea butt gifted to Enhune International Law subbed and Tyler Rose subbed. I think he just wanted me to say his name or she. I, I don't presume the gender of diarrhea butt, but I think they just wanted right. me to say that name a lot, so I, I did. Kelby, are you subbed to Travis? No, I'm not subbed to Travis. Travis does not broadcast enough. In order to incentivize Sorry, me to subscribe to his Kelby, someone has gifted me a sub. <laughs> breaking Six. up there, Kelby. Um, <laughs> our friendship is breaking up specifically. Uh, all right, so I think we should just go a little bit longer um, because there's now a bunch it. more subs in the sub voice thing. I called them in or I pulled them in because the server is not syncing sub roles. So I'm trying trying to manually add people based off of 
who I see. Uh, sorry if I can't get you in and uh, blame Discord and Twitch, I guess. So what were you saying with that? That you want to go much longer? Um, or not? Or what was it? What were you? What was your point? It's. I we should keep going. Okay. Well, there's two more people. Is that enough to keep going? Already in the waiting room. Um. Yeah, I think we can add a couple subs as long as you guys are okay on timing. Well, I was I'm gonna good. say I'm I'm running a little low on time. Okay. Well, let's just go until you're good. Does that sound fair? Sure. Well, I what when are are you? Do you just need to do leave a now? Time. No, it's like, uh, hey, I need to tell someone that they can come over when we're done. But if our cutoff time is oh, like uh, fucking much later. Uh, uh, okay. Well, let's go uh, for let's go for another twenty minutes. All right, that sounds good. Is that, is Mark, that okay? what is this person's name? Is this your land buddy? Are you guys playing video Girlfriend. games? Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I will go get the next. Spicy as I wanted it to be. <laughs> Hey guys, how's it going? Hello. Hey. So who we who we got on here? Sorry, I'm switching back to the Hotline League Discord. Uh, we got Jetto. Jetto, yes, what do you want to talk going? about? How's it going? Yes. Uh, where are you, where are you from? Oh, I'm from the. Uh, okay, I live in the Midwest, but can I claim I'm from the East Coast? I don't. Okay? You can you can claim whatever you want. It's 2017. Yeah. How many acres of corn are around you? I think that determines it. Uh, a lot of flat land, but no corn around me though. So. All right, you're right from the East there. Coast. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so first off, uh, I am a CLG fan. Uh, so Kelby, I hope you're still a CLG fan at heart. Um, but what I want to talk about is how I've been seeing and reading a lot about 100 Thieves, and I think they're extremely fucking overrated. Okay, uh, oh boy, okay. Or not? Can we swear on the channel or not? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you, you can swear. Okay. okay, so I, for starters, I think Prawley and Sumdi are really good. I really do. I think Prawley is a really good coach. But when I look at this... Uh, this roster, the two big, two fucking huge, huge fucking question marks I have is Medios and Ryu. I think they're completely fucking overrated. Here's why I think that. Every time I see Medios stream, the dude's fucking like 0-4 and 4, 0-4 and 5. Like this guy like doesn't give a fuck on stream. Like now maybe that's different on scrims or whatever. But when I watch Medios stream, I just think he's like complete shit. Like no offense to Medios, obviously he's a better player than me. When I see him play, I just think, like, holy shit, dude. Like, how's this guy an LCS caliber player? Then Ryu, I look at all these things like, oh, hey, you know, oh, 100 Thieves, top five, top five. What the fuck? I saw Ryu play in the summer split, and I saw a guy who could only play <laughs> one fucking champion. Like, one champion. You can definitely cuss, but let's let less, okay, less F-bombs. Uh... No, you're fine. So, <laughs> I like how Kelby's Kel Kel decided Kel to look Travis's channel. Yeah, yeah. But, but seriously, I think Ryu was like extremely overrated. I didn't think he played well at all in the summertime. I think him and Arrow were, were pretty poor. Uh, but Ryu especially, I just think he was really, really poor. And I'm assuming, I guess we can't leak anything, but I guess uh, Cody's son's going to be their ADC potential. And I think he's overrated as well. Um, and I'm not talking about that worlds where he like flashed in or you know jumped into like three people like a boosted animal. I just think over the whole split, I think he was pretty uh, – pretty average so i guess you guys can tell me if i'm wrong but i think 100 thieves i think they're primed for like a seventh eighth place spot i think probably really good i think somebody's a beast uh, i like after i think he's gonna be a great leader but like who's to say Minos and rio just stop playing like four weeks in you know what i'm saying and quit i, I don't know uh, who do you, do you think i love this because we had a caller earlier who was saying they were gonna be top three and now yeah. we've got who a caller who's gonna say yeah. yeah gosh 
We, too bad we need to get him back and have you guys just talk for. Yeah, get out. I can go was AFK he, for why, a bit. Why was he saying top three? Was there one thing that he was saying like, oh hey, was it he just something? he just believes in all those players? He thinks like the the medios Ryu crapping out thing would go the complete other direction. Yeah, yeah. Because it sounds like if okay, Jetto, if you believed in medios and Ryu, where would you place that team? That's a good question. I would say, I, I guess that's a good question. I would say fifth. I would say fifth. Um, but I just, from what I've seen, the like medium last time he played, the last like four weeks he played, um, when he was a pro, I don't think he played that well. And also Ryu, I think summer split was completely different than the spring split. That, I guess that's just the eye test. I'm not big into stats when it comes to league. So you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Does that answer your question, Travis? Or yeah, so, yeah, but... I think I think that's fine. Uh, yes, you're, they go you're... from a non-playoff team to a playoff team in his mind. Yeah, yeah. So well, I guess yeah, your discrepancy is only like two or three slots. Yeah. So okay, how about this then? Uh, I guess I can't backtrack because I'm on you know national you know Twitch. This is international. This is yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, Global sorry. coverage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. I, I guess fifth is too high, honestly. You know what? Can I, if I can backtrack, I'll say six. Okay. I just don't have a lot of faith in Re Ryu and Medios. But, um, like I said, I think pro I'm not here to shit on 100 Thieves, by the way. I'm not trying to, like, shit on anyone. I'm not trying to, like, you know, badmouth anyone. Um, but I just no, think you're not badmouth anybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I just think they were overrated by some. Now, maybe I came in too hype. Maybe I came in, you know, obviously over-exaggerating. But I definitely thought a lot of people would think it was, like, top or top five, and I definitely don't see that being. Jetto, if this is you not trying to, you know, BM anyone, I'm, I'd be very curious to be to hear what it's like whenever you try to yeah. BM somebody. Oh, you better hear what he says about their mothers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, oh I guess that he's like, hey, I've been banned five times from. And uh, no, um, I, I okay. A couple of counterpoints. One is, to my knowledge, P1 was picking up Medios to fill in a spot. Medios wasn't really interested in competing. The other thing is, and, and Mark, uh, I don't know if he heard, heard these rumors, I think we talked about them at one point in time, is that the environment in P1 uh, was maybe not the best towards the end. And so I think you can kind of give players a pass in terms of what their performance can be like um, if you know it's harder for players to succeed in, in lower in environments, and that maybe that's why Ryu is, is going to be somebody you can believe in more. And that would put them in a playoffs position, according to you. Uh... So, so to chime in, I think the other guy I agreed with, if everything worked out, you could see them being like a top four-ish team. Uh, uh, and, yeah. and I would agree with Jetto as well, where if nothing works out, they will be an eighth, ninth place team. Um, but I think my overall opinion lands somewhere in the middle because while Ryu did look kind of like shit towards the end of summer, I think there were enough mitigating circumstances, which you heard out of Travis, that like I don't think that's really Ryu's skill level. I think the team was falling apart. I think the environment sucked. But he lost hope yeah. in the team and he, and he gave up. And I don't think that makes him, you know, a great, a good person and like, oh, yeah. that's what I want to hear. But sometimes mm -hmm. you just have to accept the reality of it that someone, you know, basically gave up. And that doesn't Mark, mean he won't yeah. be good in the future. Mark, not to cut you off or anything, but like uh, when I look at this too, I think somebody's a, a lane beast, correct? I think he's a really good laner. Oh, yeah. Uh, sometimes at, good. When I, when I look at Ryu, though, I, I don't, I see him as a really solid team fighter. But when it comes to laning, I think he's pretty lackluster. And when I look at this bot lane, I'm going to assume Cody's son's going to be the ADC, although, hey, I, I don't know. It might be Cutie Pie. We don't know. But when I look at Ryu in mid lane plus Aphromoo and Cody's son in lane, I think, holy crap. Now Meteos definitely has to show showcase here, gank more, really be a, a presence. And I think that's a lot of pressure on him. 
And that's why I think this team really uh, may not have the success, uh, at least for the spring split, that I think a lot of their fans are or what people might think. Am I wrong in that type of well, analysis? Well, so Cop, Cop in Twitch chat, uh, Jetto says, pointed out, he, his opinion is that 100 Thieves is just a better version of Dignitas. And okay. I would say that I would agree with them if you compare their coaching staff, 100 Thieves is definitely better. And, oh, damn. And, uh, and, so he, and he said that Dig got fourth. So that's why he believes in 100 T. Well, he knows more than me. I mean, he was a coach here, so a cop. I mean, you would obviously know more than me, so if that's what you think, then I agree with you. Like I said, I'm not trying to shun anyone. Um, oh, go ahead, Kelby. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that's assuming that rosters are static. Dignitas plays fourth in a different NALCS. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So I think without getting into that whole discussion, I think like there is a way where, where 100 Thieves does suck, where like sometimes Afro and Stixay looked like dog shit in lane they like just died to yes, random random oh. fights and, and like, yeah and, and that could happen again with cody but i also think there were times where sticks and afro looked fine and that could easily happen with cody as well and i think they do have a clear play style where like afro or excuse me yeah afro ryu and Medios are all players who play the map well and if you have a strong top laner you can potentially set them up to win and things like that so you know i think this is one of the teams that will be one of the most divisive in terms of community opinion for this reason yeah yeah I, I just i think top four like holy shit like i just i don't see it but what do i know you know like obviously you guys are the experts you guys know what you're talking about but man if you're telling me like hey they're gonna finish top four i'm gonna be like gosh damn how weak is uh, the nalcs this this spring split, well it might know? be weak a lot of these teams look really kind of weird so and that was cop's yeah. point to follow up to what kelby said he said he's he's not sure how different the NALCS is and, and points to several weaker looking teams than than what we had last time. Yeah, uh, we'll I, see. I was just kidding. They're not coming last. I think Lorlo's teams would probably come last. I don't know who's on the team, but I think that team. So you don't know last. who's on the team, but any team with Lorlo uh, on it team, is going to come in last. He, he read the roster but couldn't remember. Yeah, he just saw yeah, Lorlo. I, I, I just like, noticed. I was like, oh man, this is a pretty pretty poor. But yeah, uh, poor Lorlo. Yeah, I, mean, I guess to be determined with the hundred thieves though. We'll, we'll see. I think I think 2018 is the year of the Lorlo, so I, I very much hey, agree. We heard it here. Yeah. Yeah, thanks so much, Shadow, for your call, and thank you for hey, the thanks, enthusiasm guys, you brought. Yep. It's great. Yeah. Thanks, dude. So Likewise. while we were, while we were waiting, we hit 200 subs, courtesy of Diarrhea Butt, who gifted to CNN as fake news. Diarrhea Butt gifted to Nikon Twitch. Diarrhea Butt gifted to Hawkwind42. Diarrhea Butt gifted Jesus. to JBitJun12. Diary Butt gifted to Limitless. Diary gifted to Nemesis 3X. Diary Butt gifted to Silent Pterog. Diary Butt gifted to Oceana. Diary Butt gifted to Rush in the Sky Now. Diary Butt gifted to MLGB Potatoes. Diary Butt gifted to AJ Hockey. Diary Butt gifted to 77 Hockey. Diary Butt gifted to Naked Homeless Man. Diary Butt gifted to Main Element. And Diary Butt gifted to Raya. We got Wafflefoot on the call. Wafflefoot, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from uh, the great nation of Dallas, Texas. Nation? Uh, the, is, is, yeah. oh. They succeeded already? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Wafflefoot's a sub, Travis. You should you should chill that thank, out. Thank you for subbing Wafflefoot. I don't know if you came in with uh, Diary, but maybe Diary no, and Wafflefoot. I, I, are... I, subbed la- I subbed during the last show. Oh, thank you so Prime much. Subscription reminder to everybody in the chat. You can use your Amazon Prime Twitch subscription. Give free money to Travis. Okay, we're turning yeah, Travis, you up. You I already like you. Uh, yeah. Wafflefoot, what, <laughs> what do you, what do you uh, got for us? Okay, so obviously you guys have talked a lot about scouting grounds tonight already. Uh, but the biggest implication from scouting grounds, obviously, is that these teams are picking these players up 
or their academy teams, which is something we really haven't heard much about from any team or from Riot. Like since the announcement at the you know beginning of the year that the academy teams were even a thing, that the academy league was something that was going to be happening. Uh, we haven't really seen anything since then. There hasn't been like a, well, this is going to be the format of the Academy League, and uh, this is how the we're going to support that and when they're going to go on to stream. Uh, but uh, why have, so why haven't we heard more about it? And why aren't uh, more players, I guess, excited about being somewhat related to that? Because it's just as guaranteed as LCS is right now. Yeah, you can't I be think, relegated because you have to have that team. Yeah, I think uh, nobody's talking about it because nobody cares about it. Like nobody cared about Challenger. <laughs> it's true until Scara and his group of bandits showed up to <laughs> to meme all over the place and mm-hmm. lose a shit ton. And I think and I think Riot probably knows about that. The other thing, mm-hmm. by the way, is there's just so much to talk about right now. It's, there is. it's a good chance that, like, if you bring up Academy, it just kind of gets lost in the commotion of it, right? Like, we still have rosters that haven't been officially announced. Yeah. Um, and then we got All-Stars this week. Like, I'm looking at my content schedule, and it's very intimidating because there's just so much stuff going on. Mm-hmm. If people started talking about Academy teams and Academy players and all that stuff, like, <laughs> it's just going to be hard, I think, for anybody to care about it. That's, um, that's fair. I don't know uh, if you have a different take on this, Mark. No, I I mostly agree. And having talked to some coaches and orgs, I think they how do I put this? They they don't necessarily see a tremendous value in academy teams themselves. Okay. Um, where like obviously you can you can bring players in who are young and you can work with them and get a hands on feel for how this guy's going to pan out. And and I think they all see the value in that. But there's no incentive to winning, um, you know that that league really at all um there's like there's almost no incentive to really bring in big name players for that reason so that means that it makes more sense to bring in unknown quantities than known quantities and just get hands-on experience with these guys and i think that's why if someone signs random solo queue player number 11 you're not going to see it show up on on twitch or on twitter or on reddit and i think it makes um it not much of a headline grabber which especially in the current environment where there's all these new teams and players and all this other stuff that Travis is talking about. Yeah. I, I guess my biggest thing that I'm thinking about with it in regards to it is uh, in, in the LCS right now, the only team that I've really seen take advantage of the Academy team style uh, thing is liquid with, you know, team Liquid Academy curse Academy before that uh, their whole season last year could have been just totally ruined uh, because the team wasn't gonna wasn't meshing all that well, and then they were like, "Oh, well, we've got this academy team. Let's bring in Matt and Dardock right now," and they salvaged a relatively good split out of it. So that was their, I guess, almost backup plan without having to panic and be like, "Oh shit, well, we got to go find someone else across, uh, you know, in Europe or here and pull them in now." We got a little bit better of an experience with them in their academy team before. Yeah, and I mean, like, CLG did their academy team stuff. A lot of teams have, have used academy teams before. I'm not saying that they're useless. I'm just saying that there's. it's not a surprise no one talks about them. That's fair. And, and Twitch chat has some awful opinions on this. That, <laughs> that, oh, yeah, no, there'll be stars on academy teams playing in games that don't matter by any metric at all. Uh, you know, that sounds like something the fans will enjoy. Or let's send them off on Rift Rivals to go get smashed by competitive EU teams. So then, you know, that that's a great storyline. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, don't think. 
I was just going to say, I want the Academy to be awesome, just kind of like everybody wanted Challenger series to be awesome, I guess. Uh, I guess specifically for the reason that it's a guaranteed spot that is there now. Uh, so I just think, I think if you look at, right, switching from best of threes to best of ones, mm-hmm. and also with these new teams coming in, I think if I'm Riot, what I am doing, and especially the best of one situation signals to, to me that it is time for Riot to just focus on this core product, right? Which is these 10 teams, these, uh, what, 10 games each week, and the players that are there, let those teams build their brand, let those players build their brand, and really figure out how to make that as cohesive as possible, and then start to expand into, like, maybe broadcasting some of these academy games and trying to make a bigger deal out of them and, and that kind of thing. Because I do think that... Uh, there's like an oversaturation or watered down situation that it can, can occur if you start to try to be like, here's the five players on Optic, but also here's the five players on their academy team. And then you, you start ending up in situations where you've got like Optic, these five players, then Optic, these next five players, etc. I think it's just better for them to focus on the main product for right now. And, and, and to be clear, I think they will still you know push academy teams to an extent but it's going to be for the hardcore fans who want to get invested in academy players who might get drafted and might have a bigger impact on the league i don't think they're going to try and push it to be like up like travis said a, a product that is as important as the nalcs yeah thank you so much Wafflefoot, uh for yeah. calling in Absolutely. uh mark i know you Thanks, only have man. a couple more minutes uh do you want to take another call or should we wrap i grabbed one final sub so you okay. could chill it out thank you <laughs> Uh, by the way, thank you to Easy Moto and Real Foxy One for the sub. Uh, ready whenever you are. Nova Bolts. The, the only the only reason he's in here is because he's got a picture of Azale. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> I love the Azale picture next to your on on Discord for those that can't see. He's got a, a great. I picture uh, of I love it. It's I actually Azale tweeted once and I responded to him with this picture and he uh, he liked it. Yeah. Oh wait, is this likes. is this the one that started the meme? You tweeted that. No, I didn't start the meme. No, oh, I, okay. I ripped it off. I stole it. Yeah, uh, not not the not the uh, let me talk meme, but the one at Worlds where he was just like super excited looking. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, All right. Nova Bolts, where are you calling from? I am in Phoenix, Arizona. Well, thank you uh, for calling in. Thanks for being a sub, and hopefully you're holding it down in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, it's what? nice and 80 degrees here. 85. Yeah. What do you, What do you want to talk about? Uh. Well, first of all. Thank you for pulling me in, Travis, Mark, and Kelby. Good evening. All me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll Mark. Anytime. Uh, I'll pull you in anytime. Anything Well, so what I wanted to ask or talk about is your opinion on, like, the way rosters are being built and if teams are really considering the aspect of synergy or if synergy is in is more based on meta than it is player skills. Because you have teams like Liquid, who seem to pretty much have the roster already set in place from day one. You know, you don't really know if Doublelift and Ole will synergize that well. You know, Doublelift, Pobelter, and Smithy have all played together. Um, you don't know if Impact will really go well. But you have the 100 Thieves, the 100 T interview with Nate Shot that Travis posted, and he was talking about they don't have an ADC yet because they really want to see if Aphromu will synergize with one. So, so that was probably I think you're thinking of. Probably oh, was probably. Yeah. yeah. So the question is, are people rushing to build rosters just based off of talent 
rather than necessarily synergy or taking into account sort of what the meta will look like and and different teams can be stronger in different situations. Yeah, because we've seen like the power teams, you see it, just like, wow, this roster is amazing, it'll do great, and they have all these awesome players, all-stars, KT Rolster, for example, although they did do good, they didn't make it, but, yeah, um, you know, just teams that look really good on paper but don't synergize if teams are really taking that into account or if they need to. Yeah. Uh, Kelby? What do you think, Kelby? I think they definitely need to. This is something that we talked about on the first show that I was on where the way that the market is set up right now is that there's this kind of onus on the organization side to grab talent as quickly as possible, especially the big names that exist. So people... In a perfect world, I think you're absolutely right where if you didn't have to worry about talent getting snatched up, you run games or you have different, you have more in-depth conversations to see what the synergy could potentially be like. But for fear of losing these guys that on paper are so big, people are just, I feel like people are just grabbing the best names that they can possible and building rosters around that instead of taking account for the synergy factor like you're discussing. And yes, it is very important. But everybody's just using the mental approach of like, well, all these rosters are new, so everybody's bearing the same risk. So I'm not any worse off than anybody else, but I am better off in the fact that I'm grabbing the best talent I can. So, yeah, I think uh, sometimes teams probably get wrapped up in just talent, but yeah. I think they 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 are trying to take um, synergy into account. Like it's it's much better to just have a strong player than like, oh yeah, this guy's really communicative, but gets destroyed in laning phase it's much harder to win like that than like hopefully finding synergy um like some examples from this season where i think like maybe the synergy thing might not work out uh is like i don't think impact is a replacement for flame i think they're actually really different players uh so that might be one where you're like oh it's immortals roster plus impact and double if well double if needs to carry and lane a lot harder which he can do um but you know it's not like when you had Flame just like one one v twoing in the top side and drawing a lot of pressure by himself, while Smithy runs around the map and make things happen, like Impact isn't always that kind of player. So, I think sometimes you have that concern, but sometimes you just you just take who you think is, you know, gonna be able to help. And Impact's clearly a team player and will work with the team. Yeah, I uh, I have similar thoughts on it. I mean, I think look in the off season. All these guys, have, every owner I've talked to have said they basically didn't sleep for 72 hours or, like, barely slept because it was, like, a crazy thing where you're just trying to get players before anybody. And so I think in that type of environment, you don't really have the time to kick back your feet up and say, like, all right, you know, what is the best way to build this? Because chances are by the time you figure that out, the whole environment has changed. Now suddenly the support you wanted is going over here. And suddenly, you know, does that mean you have to get a different AD carry if you're trying to go with this? So I'm not surprised to say things going the way they did. Um, I expect we'll have calmer offseason in the future. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of my take for now. So mm-hmm. either way, Great. thanks so much, Nova Bolts, for coming on. Uh, thanks for being a sub. And uh, hope to have you on again in the future. No problem. Thank you. And that's the show in the uh, in the chat right now. I'm going to put the uh, podcast. Mark even Mark doesn't know this now. Hotline League. Um, somebody reached out a viewer and and was willing to put together a Hotline League uh, podcast feed. 
Um, in the next episode, I'm sure we'll go up there. So if you missed it and you want to listen to an audio version of it, uh, you can do so there. We'll see how that goes. I'm just sort of experimenting with it, and, and hopefully Mark doesn't have an issue with it. Right, Mark? This is a hu- This should be mine. Travis, I need some part of this pie. All right. Well, Mark and I obviously <laughs> have things to figure out. Kelby, is there anything that you want to say to at the end of the show here? Yeah. I just want to thank the Chainsmokers for the couple years of incredible music that they produced before they decided to switch and be a pop group. Mark? Uh, that is very different. Uh, thank you guys <laughs> for watching. Uh, and you know, make sure to share this with everybody, all your friends. Get them to watch Hotline League because it's the best League of Legends talk show out there these days. Uh, you can follow my Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, everything, Twitch channel, all the marks. I'm pretty sure. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Been a lot of fun. Counterlogic Gaming in the Twitch chat says unblock Kelby. So even even CLG is behind unblocking Kelby. Uh, clear, clearly, Nick got drunk and accidentally logged into the wrong Twitch account because I don't know why anybody uh, on CLG is aware of that. Uh, for everyone watching, thank you so much. I think uh, you know we've had some really good viewership the past uh, couple of weeks. This week, uh, you know, down a little bit from the past couple of weeks, but still looking pretty good. And so that feels really good to see a uh, ton of subs coming in, not just from uh, Diarrhea but sixty nine. Who, Lord, I wish you had a different name. Um, he probably but I appreciate the support so much. And from everybody else, thank you so much. I'm going to hang out at the end of the stream for. I'll, I'm going to take a break, say goodbye to these guys, and then I'll be back in a minute. Um, Travis, how many were from Diarrhea, but and how many were other people? I think like twenty of them were from him, and maybe another ten or fifteen were from other people. We gained a lot uh, on this this channel or this show for some reason. I maybe he he just encouraged other people. Hopefully, some other people will uh, when I come back from the break and hang out with folks. Uh, but either way, thank you so much, everyone, for supporting. This goes up on YouTube. If you missed any part of it, it'll be up on the morning, and uh, obviously the podcast will go up as well as soon as uh, our friend can help us out with that. Uh, thanks to Kelby for being on the show again. Thanks, everyone, for watching. I'll have a ton guys. more videos coming up this week, maybe more videos than I've ever posted other than maybe Week 1 of Worlds because I've got seven more waiting in the can and then All-Stars, and there's something happening on Wednesday that's interesting. So much cool stuff. So thanks, everyone, for watching. What's and, the Wednesday uh, thing? I don't know. Yeah, what is the Wednesday thing? Am I allowed thing? to talk about the Wednesday thing? Yeah, you're I allowed don't know. to talk What's about the Wednesday TSM thing? is having a media day. Uh, courtesy of Gillette, and uh, I will be there to interview TSM players. So there'll be some some stuff. It'll be the first time anybody on the roster has talked about the new lineup, uh, and so looking forward to, to chatting with them then. And I'm sure some other media outlets are going to be doing some stuff on that day too. And you they, should, uh, they're looking for an MC and reached out to a mutual friend of ours to do it, but she has class that day, unfortunately, <laughs> which is too bad because uh, Gillette very generous. Let's put it that way. Either way. Uh, thanks you everyone. Get double if to go, and he can help you. <laughs> yeah, that would be great to just have Peter do the interviews. Before, I'm sure Twitch chat will love that, but unfortunately, he's going to be in, in Seattle, so he'll be on sale. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Either way, uh, we're going to go to break really quickly, and when we come back, it'll just be me. So really, it's worth sticking around. That's what I'm getting at that, here. That's what you think. Yeah. Uh, wait, really? Okay. Well, I'm confused. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay.